This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything, dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, starting out with your phone calls. And coming up, we'll get to some emails. First, we go to Brian in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. Hey there. Last What's week, on your mind? Uh, you, were talking, you were talking a little bit about wealth and what wealth is, but a lot of people don't really understand what wealth is. So I, I wanted to uh, no, they think uh, it's talk money. a little bit about wealth. I think, people, and, I think most you know, people, how, when asked... I would actually uh, have what I'm doing about it. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's re- really quickly explain what most people probably believe wealth is, and that is money. I mean, just... Cash is what I think most people would and believe wealth is. it can be th- that. I mean, that's, yeah. that is an answer for what wealth is, but it is not the answer for what wealth is. Certainly not. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I mean, when you, uh, when you see, uh, you know, some old guy uh, driving down the street in his Cadillac, you say, oh, he must be wealthy. Well, that just means he has lots of money. But that, that's not wealth. Uh, the definition uh, that, that I use for wealth is pretty much what you guys uh, hit on last week, and that is uh, the, the ability to – Turn resources into something of value. Well, uh, I've heard it defined as, I mean, you can define it in many different ways, but uh, I've heard it uh, being able to tell how wealthy you are defined as how long you can uh, essentially exist for without actually having to work. Of course, wealth is also uh, defined as just everything that uh, enhances uh, your life. I mean, it, having an air conditioner it makes you very, very wealthy uh, compared to societies where there is no such thing available. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty broad definition, and and generally uh, wealth. It's my understanding that wealth, new wealth, is created when you combine your brain or your you know your mind essentially with natural resources and or other existing wealth or existing ideas and create you can then at that point you then create new wealth and you add to the wealth pool so that's an important point to point out about wealth is that it's not finite and i think a lot of people believe that it's finite and that it it all has to be divvied up in an equal fashion but the truth about wealth is in a free market situation there is no restriction on wealth creation and, and wealth can just continue to expand and expand the pie if you will continues to get bigger and actually, the definition of wealth expands in a free market as well, because, uh, for example, if I go out in the woods and, and I see a birch tree, a nice birch tree, and it's a little spindly, I decide to cut it down. If I make a chair out of it, I've created wealth. I've created something out of nothing. If I sell a house for more than I sold it for or I bought it for the year before, I might make some money on it, but it might not be wealth if, if all the houses are, are worth more. But if I did some work on that house and made it worth more, then I created wealth. And and to point out, uh, wealth to one person is not necessarily wealth to another. For instance, uh, one individual may feel as though they are wealthier if they have an untouched forest. You know, if that if you cut down that tree on their property, they might be very very upset because in their mind that has done damage to uh, the amount of wealth that they had. Whereas having a completely untouched natural pristine forest to them may be something that makes them feel uh, good inside and and gives them that uh, you know, wealthy feeling. In some countries, cows are wealth. Yeah. Brian? Well, you guys just made all my points. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. You know, an air conditioner is kind of a measure of wealth, you know, uh, because you, unless you made that air conditioner with your own hands, you know, you, you made something, you did something with your own mind that, that uh, gave you something to trade to someone else for that air conditioner. And, and, and that, so, you know, mm-hmm. we, we call that money right now in this current environment. But really, you've, 
you've taken your mind, uh, manipulated some natural resources, like Wayne said, you've taken a birch stick and made it into a totem pole or something that somebody wants to, to pay you, you know, uh, some uh, uh, something else for, give you something else for. Mm-hmm. So you've taken something that had little value and given it a lot of value. So, so what, I, what I'm doing here is we've got uh, 45 acres here, and, and I figure, you know, we've got lots of natural resources. Um, I want to have some fun and kind of make a point on what wealth is and kind of what it isn't also. So we've got uh, three different things that we're doing here, and, and I'm really excited about, about one of them because uh, uh, I just got a bunch of bees. we got uh, three pounds, uh, three three-pound bags of bees. So Holy there's, crap, there's about bees! about 38,000 bees out there. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it comes with a queen and uh, 10,000 bees in each uh, each package. And then you What's, put these in just, a hive. Just a question. What is a bag of 10,000 bees? They're building out the friends. Brian, what does what a bag of 10,000 bees cost? Oh, uh, in the Federal Reserve notes, I yeah. paid about, uh, I think, $80. Wow, that's cheap. I would expect 10,000 bees to be a little more expensive than and that. How do who delivers 10,000 bees in a bag? I mean, for 80 bucks. Oh. I want to know. Well, I want to know who does the job of delivering it, not who sells 10,000 bees. Does that include in a bag. shipping? Does the 80 bucks include shipping? Uh, no, if you want shipping, it's about 130, and the okay, post office good. will not deliver it to your house. Uh, if you go through the post office, they will they will deliver it to the post office in your town, and you have to go pick it up. They, they don't put it on the on the car <laughs> to take it out to your house because it's buzzing, and, and you can yeah. see right through it. You know, it, it it has to be it has to have air. You look right through it. There's a screen on both sides of it, and then it, you know, it's a very well engineered thing. Someone came up with this idea 100 years ago. It's got screens on either side. It's a four-sided box, so it's only about four inches uh, thick and maybe a foot by ten inches. And it's got a can, a tin can that has sugar water in it. Um, mm-hmm. And they drop this through a hole in the top, and they poke little tiny holes in the bottom, and it exudes sugar water for about a week. So it's kind of like their little mobile home. Wow. <laughs> so there's, there's 10,000 bees in there, three pounds of bees. 10,000 bees little, fits into a box they're, they're, that's four inches tall and a ten by twelve? Yeah, that's it's amazing. Right. That's about the size of a four by ten by twelve. Mm. Okay, and then um, I mean it's buzzing; they're going like crazy. But the thing that keeps them all under control is there's a queen in there because without the queen, you know, the, the, the you know they, they'll just fly away. They don't know mm-hmm. what to do. So, but but they can't have the queen in there walking around because then they'll start laying eggs and it'll just be a mess. And so they put the queen in her own little room, and uh, there's a hole where she can crawl out. And they stuff a, a piece of candy in that hole, and then they stuff a cork in the hole. And so for for a shipment, you have a, there's a cork in there, and the bees won't touch the cork. As soon as you take everybody out and you put them in what's called a super, where they have the frames where they actually build their their honeycomb, mm-hmm. um, you, you you put the queen in her little you know mobile home in there, and then you pop out the cork, and then over the next couple of days, the bees will eat away, they'll lick away this uh, piece of candy, and right. they'll release the queen so she can start uh, laying her eggs. It, wow. it's, a, it's a very sophisticated, very cool uh, system. Okay. So you bought several of these. How many yeah, so we have three hives now. Three. And okay. my idea is ten thousand per uh, we'll hive. Turn this by the end of uh, oh the end of summer or you know middle of fall. Uh, we'll have we should have a whole bunch of honey because they they'll go out there and make honey and they'll make pollen and all kinds of good stuff. Right, and, and, and we'll and leave so... them enough honey so they can eat through the uh, the winter. But then uh, we'll sell the honey. So now I've taken my mind and my resources and turned that into something that people would want to buy. And I, I won't be selling it for dollars, and I won't be giving it away. I'll be selling it for silver or gold or, or whatever you got. I have to figure out a price in mm. silver. Right. So I, I've just turned resources and mind into some some other uh, in, in, into wealth. 
that not, I can trade with other people. Not only that, but you've created a, a system where you can scare bureaucrats senseless from coming to your house. <laughs> yeah, anybody else who walks by. <laughs> That'd be kind of a, a mean gift to uh, send somebody 10,000 bees to their front door and <laughs> Gosh. see what well, they do the, with that. The, the, the post you know, office won't deliver it. Don't, right. uh, don't uh, uh, you know, confuse bees with uh, wasps. Uh, you know, bees are, uh, are vegetarians. They really don't care about you. Really? You know, you're just kind of in the way. The bureaucrats uh, don't have to know about that. Wasps and hornets and those kind of things are, uh, are meat eaters. I, yeah, I wouldn't know that if I just had a box full of buzzing things. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily know uh, what, what that was going to be about. I'd so, run. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, would UPS or FedEx actually deliver it to someone's door? I I don't know. Whenever we've bought bees, uh, they just ship them through the U.S. Postal Service. So I don't even know if those other guys would. Probably probably not. Huh. Because it's kind of it's kind of tricky cargo, and I think the post office has to. They just won't take it the last mile. Hmm. Okay. So you've got you you're going to be harvesting honey. How long does it take to get the honey out of the bees once you've set them into their super? Well, they'll they'll have a whole bunch uh, by the end of the summer or beginning of the fall. You know, as soon as the um, the flowers and the, and the nectar stop, uh, mm-hmm. you know, stop growing, they'll kind of hunker down and uh, prepare for the winter. So is so it pretty much one? Honey. It's pretty much one harvest per year. Yeah. So depending on the amount of flowers you have, you could get. There's a, a smaller supers that go on top of the what's called the brood super, where all the babies you know are born. And you put honey in those, and they'll, you'll get anywhere from 20 to 45 pounds of honey per super. Gosh, wow. And sometimes, That's a lot sometimes of honey. these are stacked, you know, 10 What are you going to do with it all? Sell it. Okay. He's going to sell it. Hey, Brian, do you have more for us? Yeah, I get a little bit more. Hang on, we'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. More than you ever had uh, any questions about bees. If you ever wanted to know, Brian's on the line here. 800-259-9231. Uh, learn something new every night here on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can dial in, bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, we give them to you. And those other talk show hosts want to charge you. So enjoy ours free at freetalklive.com. Features including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours Right there on the front page of the website. That's simple. You just click. There's no jumping through hoops or registration or anything like that. It goes back for an entire year free at freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI not only does collections, they also do early out billing and they'll purchase your charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients too. That's SACL CAI. You can see their banner on our website at freetalklive.com. All right, let's continue and go back to Brian in New Hampshire telling us about he's, uh, Brian is telling us about his beekeeping habit, uh, which is now actually being turned into a business. It's a habit. And you, uh, <laughs> you are setting up several, uh, what do you call them, supers? Hives. Hives. Okay. Uh, You use the term super in there for something. How is a super different from a hive? Well, a hive is, uh, it consists of one or more supers. Uh, I don't know what Ah. super stands for. A super is where where you put the frames. You put 10 frames. This stuff was invented like 110 years ago, and it's Mm -hmm. still used today. It's a a very efficient system. So so like the the tall supers, there's eight-inch high supers, which is where the, um, uh, they're called brood 
uh, brood supers where they put the they, they all make honeycomb and they put babies in there and they feed the babies until they you know are hatched and then there's smaller ones that you where you where the the honey goes and in between the brood chambers and the honey uh, chambers you put a what's called a queen excluder which is a, a grate where uh, it's uh, it, the 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 wires are, the space between the wires are small enough that regular bees can get up there. But it's too narrow for the queen to get up there, so the queen doesn't lay any eggs up there. Huh. So you get honey on the top, and you get babies on the bottom. Brian, a while back, it's just you, a matter of managing the whole thing. Brian, a while back, you told me a story about how you, when you would get the honey, you had a spinner type thing, and you get honey on the garage walls. Tell us about that again uh, for the audience. I think they'd love to hear about that. Oh man, yeah, that's a mess. You you, uh, you take a hot knife and you cut the caps off because after they put the you know make the honey in there, they put caps on it, and that's their winter food. But you know, of course, we don't even steal it. So you cut the tops off, and then it's kind of oozing honey, but it's just oozing it slowly. So you put it in a spinner. Uh, it's, it's got a motor in it. You put a bunch of frames in there, and it just spins around and centrifugally, you know, extracts the honey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hits the side of the wall, this heated tank, and it goes down, and you end up with gallons and gallons and gallons of honey. Wow. Well, the problem is that when that stuff spins around, you get those little tiny drops of honey just going everywhere. And that's why you have a special hut just for this. But we did it in the garage during the day, and it wasn't long until the, the bees said, oh, honey, because bees love honey as much as we do, because mm. it takes a lot of work for them to, to make honey. So we were being attacked. So oh, we boy. waited until the evening and then uh, shut the garage door and then did it, did it then. But now there are these little tiny drops of honey everywhere, and every tool on the cars, on the walls, oh. everything was sticky. And I thought, man, what a big mess this is. And so Heidi said, oh, no problem. Uh, so we, we got out of there, and we opened the garage door for a couple of days, and there were millions of bees inside the, uh, inside the garage. Wow. And they licked up every single molecule of honey in that entire garage, up every That's tool, amazing. every wall, everywhere. Wow. Now, um, if, if people wanted I, – I like the idea of having bees. I don't know. I've always liked it. Um, Do you need one of those suits, the beekeeper suits? Well, it depends on the type of bee, and I'm gonna, that's the question I'm now going to ask okay. is there are more – some bees are more docile than others, and I know there's advantages to having different types of bees, but it would seem to me that the single most important advantage would be the advantage of not getting stung. Um, and <laughs> the uh, – so what is the, the most docile of uh, bees out there? Well, the, the, the beekeeper wants the, the more aggressive bees because the more aggressive bees are faster, they make more honey, they're, they're a lot more productive than the docile ones. The docile ones just kind of hang around. But even the most docile bees, which is what we have, the Italian bees, are, are uh, you know, they really don't like being messed with. And if you start messing with them, they switch. They go from being a, uh, you know, honey-gathering, friendly little thing to hey, you know, just just attacking you because, you know, they're, um, they're, they're under danger. So if you're going to start this, get a bee suit. Just get one yeah. and use it. They're, you know, the old experienced beekeepers don't even use them anymore because they know how to deal with the bees. Really? But They're like the bee whisperers. Is, they can just walk right in there and <laughs> take the honey. Yeah, exactly. It's slow and steady. You know, if you jerk or you twitch or if you happen to squeeze one of the bees and accidentally kill it, Uh-oh. it sends off the smell and all of a sudden they go into attack mode. So oh, really? I haven't gotten to that point. I just put the bee suit on. It just takes a second. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're safer. That is awesome. a lot more calm then, too. Now, wait, how much, how much honey do you get out of one of the uh, supers, the hives? What, what was the amount? The, the four-inch hive, uh, you'll get about uh, from anywhere from 20 to, I think it maxes out about 45 pounds of, of honey. Four inches tall? Four inches. It's four, yeah, it's four inches tall, and, and it's heavy. I mean, that's why they, they make them only four inches tall, because if it were eight inches the same height as the brood chambers, you wouldn't be able to pick the thing up. It'd be 90 pounds. Hmm. 45 Forty-five what pounds? Pounds. pounds. It's a 40, lot of 45 honey. Forty-five pounds of honey. Yes. 
My gosh. And how do you, and how much does, and normally it's like 16 ounces in one of those little honey bears or something like that? What are they, what are they doing? Eight <laughs> just, ounces? You, you absolutely can't use this amount of honey. You're going no, you to have sell to sell it. it. I'm have just trying to sell it. I'm just trying and to envision how much that is. One of the advantages to buying local honey is that people that have allergies um, will often seek out local honey because they know that the pollens that are there, you know, that, that the bees are gathering from local pollens and somehow it, 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 treats the histamine or something like that. So eating local honey will uh, help people with allergies. Well, plus it's real. I remember, I think it was you, Brian, that told us a long time ago that the FDA basically says you can label honey as anything that's got a certain amount of, a significant amount of corn syrup in it. I think it has to have 5 or 6% honey in order to be called 100% pure honey by FDA rules. <laughs> what a to figure and the rest is just corn syrup, yeah. It's what crap. about the wax? And, and it's probably made in, in China, so it doesn't have the, the, the benefit that Mark talked about, which is very real, and that is it's not going to help you with your, uh, with your hay fever, but local honey will help you. I mean, it it's, really it's will. amazing. It really will. What I've... about the wax, Brian? Remember you had made wax out of some, uh, things out of wax also derived from the bees. Yeah, you could just take the wax and uh, you can make, uh, uh, you know, candles or, uh, you know, any kind of thing. It, 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 that is a hot commodity. The, the wax is uh, is pretty uh, valuable, pretty expensive. Uh, you can eat the wax. There's actually these honey soups. Why would you want to do that? Where they, they actually make the wax and the honey in these uh, round plastic containers. And you just cap it off and you sell those things for, you know, a couple of bucks. And people just eat the wax with the honey in it. It's delicious. Now, what's the best way to go about marketing this stuff? Do you go to like a flea market or something or just advertise it on the Internet or what, what do you do? Well, that's, uh, yeah, you, you sell it locally. You go to a farmer's market farmer's or something. Market. But um, I, I'm just planning on marketing it to fellow free staters. Yeah. I don't think I'll have any problem finding customers. I, I figure some. you could just do a sign on the road, um, and people would. Uh, the the fact is, that for honey, people know how valuable this it's stuff good. is. If you yeah. stick a sign out uh, in your driveway that says "Honey," and <laughs> oh, people will come to your door and knock on your door and say, "Hey, I want to buy some honey." Do you think Candy, a police department, uh-huh. will knock on your door too oh, for but, that? But the but but the difference is, and the reason I made this call was not to talk about bees, although it's a fascinating topic. I'll talk yes. all that if you want. It was to talk about wealth, and I will not sell any of this honey for Federal Reserve notes. So if I put the stuff out by the door, someone's going to say how much. I'll say you know uh, uh, half an ounce of silver, and they'll say uh. what does that mean? <laughs> so I mean the, the whole idea is generating wealth and turning it into something that is that has value, not Federal Reserve notes. So that this is, is kind great. of a you know, educational thing as well as creating delicious honey. I love it. That's awesome. Thank you for the story tonight, Brian, and uh, the expertise. We appreciate hearing from you as always. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. That's the point of the show. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. More coming up. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners at Alakees. You'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alekees at a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. Again, that's a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. It's your show, and you can take control 
of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the bulletin board system with over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues. The fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs. Dot freetalklive.com freedombookclub.com invites you to participate in our summer reading event go to freedombookclub.com and choose your preference from the four finalists then purchase our book of the month new winners are announced every month freedombookclub.com making freedom a best seller it's a really great plan to uh, get uh, freedom oriented books on the top of bestseller lists let's go to your phone calls about what you want phil is in ohio you're on free talk live hello phil Hey, how's it going today? Hey, Phil, it's going great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was listening to Genesis Radio this morning, and I had it on, on my computer, and I was outside working on my bus. I got a great deal on a bus I'm converting into a camper, and uh, I caught, I don't know if it was an advertisement on your radio station or it was one of the DJs. They were talking about the microwaves being very dangerous and how they kill seeds, can you the touch microwaves? Yeah. Like microwave ovens? Yes. Well, how would that kill a seed unless you put the seed in the microwave? Right. Well, they were talking about like I I barely caught it. I don't know if it was uh, You sound like you've taken 3 steps away from your phone. I, uh, That's better. I'm sorry. That's better. Go ahead. Uh I it was I don't know if it was one of the advertisers on your radio station or one of the disc jockeys talking about it. Well, I, uh, I don't know. Well, let me explain something briefly to you here. Uh, you're not calling a radio station. You're calling a radio show that appears on a network with several other radio shows that uh, may or may not necessarily have anything to do with one another. I uh, This show, Free Talk Live, doesn't have any uh, links to the other weekday programs on uh, the, the network that we're on. The Genesis network that you mentioned is a, a national uh, radio syndicate and uh, it exists for the purpose of putting a variety of shows up on these uh, the satellites, uh, up, a satellite up uh, up there for radio stations to pick up. So I don't even know who or what it is that uh, that you're referring to, but uh, microwaves, the, as I understand it, are shielded. Uh, the microwave radiation that is in uh, that is being generated there cannot escape. Uh, that's why you see that grill on the front of your microwave when you're looking through the front door. There's a there's a grill that you're looking through. It's because that's small enough. The holes in that grill are small enough to where you can see through it, but it does not allow the microwave radio, uh, radiation to escape out from the microwave. That's my understanding of that technology. It's an ancient technology at this point. In fact, I'm surprised no one has come up with a better operating microwave. I mean, why haven't they come out with something that can heat up a piece of food on an even basis. <laughs> How long has the microwave been in existence? It has been decades and decades, and fundamentally, I don't think it has changed significantly. Well, that's the nature of the technology. I prefer convection oven over microwave. I, I wouldn't use a microwave. I don't like to eat food this microwave. Maybe right? I'm funny, but... The research I've done, it doesn't really look good. So I wouldn't be too concerned about the uh, the radiation escaping from the microwave and, and affecting seeds in the ground or something like that. So I wouldn't be worried about it if I were you. Uh, I'm not. And That's good. I, I heard something mentioned on the radio this morning. Well, there's a lot of things that are mentioned on the radio. Don't believe everything you hear. Well, <laughs> I mean it, even on this show. 
Thanks for the call yeah. tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Not sure what that's in reference to, but... Yeah, microwaves cook things from the inside out rather than from the outside in. And just some of the, the research studies I've seen, I just don't really want to consume a lot of that stuff, that's all. I mean, that's just my own personal preference. I don't expect to pass I'm a I'm lazy. <laughs> I, like to, uh, I like to just pop something in, press a few buttons, walk away, come back and have, uh, have the food ready. And It's my understanding that microwaves... The food's just better out of a convection oven or off the stove. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I do not enjoy the experience of eating microwave food. Do you the texture, that, too, is not as good. Do you believe that the, uh, the, if you take a frozen food dinner and you put, cook it in the, the convection oven, that it tastes better than if you were to put it into a microwave? I don't know because I don't like frozen food. I see. I just, I just, the entire experience of eating that pre-prepared food, whether I like, I think I like the microwave oven for that um, Mm -hmm. because I usually, if I'm going to eat a frozen uh, dinner, I am famished. I'm so hungry I can barely see and that's all there is. I mean, I'm ready to, if if there was something that I could, uh, living that I could could kill and eat, I would Mm -hmm. eat that before the frozen dinner. Wow. So, therefore, I do not want to wait the 40 minutes to heat up a A frozen frozen dinner. dinner. That's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, I have nothing against frozen food. I think it's wonderful. (laughs) Uh, It's perfect bachelor food, right? But you're not a bachelor. It's a wonderful selection. That's true. I'm not a bachelor, but it's nice and convenient to have those around because, well, we don't cook all the time around here. Uh, Julia is a very busy lady and I'm busy with the show. And so cooking is at a minimum. Um, But I I love frozen food. I mean, it's so convenient uh, and and there's such a variety of it today as compared to maybe what was available in the the past. And and it's cheap. And you're right, Mark. It's obviously not as good or as healthy or as fresh as uh, as a home cooked, fresh, uh, fresh cooked meal. And, but I agree with you. When I'm looking at the cooking instructions on the back of a frozen food dinner, and I've got a, a plate uh, a plate full of, you know, spaghetti and meatballs, some real basic uh, piece of food like that, and it's okay. You can put it in the microwave for five minutes, or you can put it into the oven for thirty minutes. What's your choice? You're hungry. So I've I never noticed a real difference uh, be- between those two in my experience. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. I've got some thoughts. The reason that you call it uh, bachelor food is because it's bad. Um, oh, bad really? Right. One of the reasons that men <laughs> I thought uh, it was get easy. married. One of the reasons that men, right, uh, that, that's true. It, and and you're, you're exchanging ease for taste, texture, mm-hmm. experience, all those things. Uh, like, you know, that's that's why they have it, and it's I've easy. some pretty good frozen food, I must say. I, it's because you have no <laughs> taste. <It's laughs> you know, when you go to a market and you, and you buy freshly grown vegetables right there and you go home and cook them, there's nothing in the world like that. And, and in many places, many cultures around the world, they all shop outdoors. They buy their food outdoors at outdoor mm-hmm. markets, whereas here we, we shop indoors. And we, we buy things that are frozen or have been shipped in a truck for four days. And well, it doesn't bother me. I like to go, uh, you know, there's a 24-hour food store here in Keene, which is wonderfully convenient. And so if I need to go get a husk of corn at 3 a.m., I can go and do that. I appreciate the convenience. You know, I, I think that uh, I think that just, I like the idea of getting my food from farmer's markets, fresh uh, vegetables from farmer's markets. That's local and organically grown in some cases. 
Yeah, that's that's fine with me. However, at the same time, I like I still think you're far better off eating, you know, fresh uh, GMO grown food from the grocery store than you are, uh, you know, eating just just from the quality of life standard. The dreck that uh, the frozen food dreck <laughs> that, that Ian's talking about here. I would so rather have, you know, a fresh ear of GMO grown corn over just frozen. <laughs> Dinner, corn, yuck. My Italian grandmother used to make pizza, and and she would actually make the sauce from the tomatoes in their garden. Yeah. That takes a lot of tomatoes to make uh, tomato sauce. People was, don't have any idea the concentrated mm-hmm. uh, tomato-ness of tomato sauce. But the, but the but this, a lot of the fruits in the grocery store just don't taste like they used to. Maybe I'm getting old or something. But <laughs> you're losing your taste. I, mean, I don't think so because when I have uh, pick things off the vine, like we have a lot of berries that grow up around where we live, mm-hmm. and I pick those ripe right off right off the the bush, and and they still taste like fruit's supposed to taste, like berries are supposed to taste. They're just they're so the the t- flavor's so complex and sweet and. Uh, it, it just amazes me the difference between that and what I buy in the store, even even organic, because they can't pick it ripe right there and, and sell it to you. That there has to be a they have to pick it before it's actually at its peak. Well, I'll tell you, there's some real advantages to having a, a garden. Um, tomatoes, if you haven't had fresh tomatoes, you really don't. The cardboard things that you eat in the store are really nothing like tomatoes. Garbage. They look like tomatoes, but they're not. Um, and when it comes to <laughs> Salad greens, you can grow. There's there's so much complexity in the flavor of salads when you're talking about just the choice that you're given in the grocery store, basically between iceberg and romaine. It's like flavorless versus just barely having flavor. You can there's so many different greens that you can grow in a garden very easily. None of this stuff is difficult. You just sprinkle some seeds. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Boy, you guys are spoiled. Uh, I am so glad I'm not as spoiled as you on food. More coming up. Free talk live. You need cardboard. This is free talk live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you and Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can, if you've got one of those spiffy mobile smartphone devices or some sort of mobile web surfing device, you can visit the Free Talk Live mobile site at m.freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com. You'll get links to our online streams that you can listen to on your smartphone. Pretty cool. And it's free. m.freetalklive.com. Now, Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose. Every genre, they've got it covered at Audible. <laughs> Get a free audiobook download. When, is that funny? I'm reading. I just took online during the break uh, the, the uh, grammar quiz, um, and uh, I came up Grammar Master, and I realized that I wrote the, uh, the, the copy there from which to choose. Oh, no, I put that in. I rearranged the words. Did you? Yeah. I, I just, I, I, you know, immediately sticks out to me. Uh, get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL and get your free audiobook. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. It's Charlie in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Charlie. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Charlie? Well, uh, I wanted to say first uh, how incredibly happy I am that Atlas Shrugged is number five on Amazon. Oh, cool. that's number it, five. It just, 
It's number five. It's been number one for like the last two months. Why? And, and Why Atlas Shrugged right now? Are you talking about in a specific category or overall? Oh, no. I mean like on the on the bestseller list on Amazon, it's number five. Like overall. bestseller of all time or just for this week? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I mean like the one that when you if you Google um, Amazon bestseller and then it gives you a list of stuff, I, maybe for just for today. I have no idea. But but it's Atlas Shrugged is number five. So Amazon the sales rank Atlas Shrugged is the number five book. That's what you're saying? Yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm. Wow, saying. that's amazing. Yeah, there was an article in the I, Wall Street Journal about that about six months ago. That the Atlas Shrugged is is very time, more timely than ever, and it's it's selling hugely now. Interesting. If I believed in profits, if I were a theist, I, I would think that Ayn Rand was a soothsayer. Hmm. She uh, she's absolutely amazing. But um. And also there's a movie coming out next year for anyone who's interested. But um, I also wanted I wanted to talk about the audit the Fed bill, the uh, House Resolution 12. Yeah, this is, is. Uh, this is something that the campaign for liberty, the campaign for liberty guys are getting all uh, they're getting very excited about this audit the Fed bill. I'm very excited about it because apparently Ron Paul has put this bill forward, and it's the first time that anybody's really ever pay, paid attention to anything Ron Paul's done. It's nice when people pay attention to what Ron Paul does. And apparently he's Absolutely. gotten over a hundred co-sponsors for it. One hundred and eighty-two as of oh, today. One hundred eighty-two. That's a lot of co-sponsors. How many co-sponsors does a bill normally have when it goes through? Um, I really don't know. I don't know, um, but that it seems like a lot. I know it's forty percent of the house. I mean, yeah. that's, that's pretty impressive. So, what do you think? You think something's going to actually happen with this, or is it going to crash and burn? You know, I. Well, I mean, of course, the first emotional reaction is they're going to demolish the Federal Reserve brick by brick. And, you know, Ron Paul, it'll be like the Berlin Wall coming down, just Ron well, Paul standing up there with a sledgehammer. But well, except auditing emotion. doesn't demolish anything. Audit's just an audit. That's all. Oh, well, I know, I know. But, I mean, like, you know, people will see with the Federal Reserve for what it is, and then they'll freak out and rush down. Will and, they? You know. I, don't, I just don't know, because the government, it's hard for me to get excited about this. I know that uh, everybody wants to cheer and yell about this because, well, Ron Paul's getting some attention paid to him, and, you know, credit where credit's mm-hmm. due on that. Uh, but the Government Accountability Office for years has been auditing various different government programs and finding out, all kinds of outrageous things like, well, so-and-so program has uh, lost $5 billion or there's all this money that's disappeared and they, here, here's how they're wasting this money. Look at all this tremendous amount of money they're wasting. But the Government Accountability Office, that's pretty much all they do is they look into the government bureaucracies and say, wow, you guys really suck. Uh, and they, you know, they, print, <laughs> they print reports about it and nothing changes. I mean, so it's basically just another government bureaucracy pointing out how awful the other government bureaucracies are. But how, how has that changed anything? in the Washington, D.C. over time? Well, I'm not saying it's going to change. I said that that was my emotional reaction. Ah. Like, like that, that's, that's what I want to happen. So that's what about like, the logical reaction? Well, yeah, then my reason kicks in, and I'm like, well, he, the deck is so stacked against him. I mean, all of these... <laughs> I mean, when, when Paul Krugman is worshipped as this, you know, economics guru, uh, it's. I honestly think that we're on the wrong path. I mean... Listen, I'm all in favor of Atlas Shrugging. I'm all in favor of the producers of the world uh, going away and letting, you know, letting collectivism crush crush itself under its own weight. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, as far as any real uh, substantial action, I don't think it's going to happen. I wish it would, but I don't ha- I'm not going to hold my breath. It may happen anyway. Look what happened. Timothy Geithner went to China over the weekend, and a, a group of students laughed at him when he said that the U.S. <laughs> assets were safe. Imagine your, tre- your treasury secretary getting laughed at in a foreign country by college students. Nice. Oh, 
that's, that's awesome. the beginning of the end. That to me, that's a watershed event. I think that uh, you know that the auditing the Federal Reserve can only be a good thing. Um, therefore, aud- not auditing the Federal Reserve is a bad thing. And I vote for good things all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but you won't be voting for this. Uh, no, I root for them in the, in the yeah. sense of the the, gotcha. the emotional sense. If I you know believe Go strongly in prayer, that's fine. If it, you know what I hear in your voice is uh, I don't care. That's what you're hearing. Right. I just don't care. Right. It's the federal <laughs> government. Nothing's going to change, and so, uh, secession is a much more palatable option. Secession is a much more viable option to me than shutting down the Federal Reserve. I, Much I, more. I, I see that. I see that the Federal Reserve likely won't get shut down. But you know, it's been shut down before. It's going to really? probably collapse on its own anyway. The way not, things are not going. the Federal Reserve, but the Central Bank of the United States has been shut down on two uh, uh, previous occasions ah, and replaced with N- at that, at nothing the time, for a while. Money of value, and now another central bank, right? Sure. Okay. So it went, we went about 77 years without a central bank between about 1836 and 1913. During that period, we actually had slight deflation, but we had enormous economic growth and prosperity and freedom. Uh, yeah, Ian, but, but profit is evil. Ian, um, <laughs> who sa- says who? <laughs> Ian, how many secessions have resulted in liberty? None. Okay. Well, so, I mean, wait you see, So you're saying that the uh, dissolution of the Central Bank of the United States was successful for a period of time, but no secessions have resulted in liberty. Well, that's not true. I mean, they've never resulted in liberty, but they've resulted in more freedom for the, the places that have for seceded. For how long? Uh, well, the, the former Russian states, many of them are far better off than they were under the Soviet uh, Union. You might, you might really want to um, ask some of the people in, um, in, in, in some of the republics are not doing as well. I agree with that. But Estonia is doing better. Estonia is doing better. All right. That's fine. There you go. How long are you going to uh, the, the central bank of uh, from the time that uh, Estonia has split from Russia till the till now is a much shorter period of time than, uh, you know, when the central the second national mm-hmm. bank was uh, shut down by Jackson until that, uh, you know, a fiat currency was brought right. in. Let's have this conversation when they're actually going to shut down the bank. I'm not saying that they're right. going to shut down the bank. Auditing is good, right? Sure. Okay. We vote for good things because we don't want people voting. Auditing's good, but I don't expect anything to come out of it. I'm expect you know people I'm don't expecting? expect anything to have come out of the Free State Project, Ian. But I'd like them to acknowledge that it's a good idea. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, uh, but there's real reason to expect something to come out of the Free State Project because individuals are on the ground, decentralized, taking action. Whereas expecting anything out of a centralized command and control bureaucracy that has total control over the monetary system in the country, expecting them to change the way they do business is complete uh, fantasy, in my in my opinion. Charlie, your thoughts? Well, I I mean I, I got to agree with you. I mean normally I'm on I'm on Mark's side. I'm a I'm an objectivist, and so I I favor a sharply limited uh, constitutional government. But yeah, I I got to I got to agree with you. I, I don't see any. Uh, major anything happening. The, the government is a behemoth. It has bigger guns than we do. It, uh, it has more everything than we do, more money, more power. And so the only thing that I can say is gulch, gulch. I think an that... underground economy, don't, don't pay them anything. If, you know, sell, you buy used things. Yeah. Uh, that's all a good idea. And, and that's all going to be more possible up here in New Hampshire where people are going to get together and they'll have the, the, the networking that's necessary. And we just talked about Brian at the very beginning of the hour. He's talking about doing his own beehives and taking that and selling it for silver. So that's, that's that agorism. That's that underground economy. 
Hey, I'm, Charlie, all, I'm all in favor of that. Thanks oh, for the call sorry. tonight, dude. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So I was just thinking a little more on the whole audit the Fed thing and what could happen as a result of that. And here's my, my suggestion. If they find, and of course they're going to find if they audit, they're going to the find has no clothes. Well, they're going to find some, you know, some shenanigans going on, right? Some money missing Especially here, or whatever. Especially since it's never been audited. Yeah, so they're going to find something if it and, ever gets that far, because it'd be really interesting to see, even if it's passed, uh, how it how gets they put derailed. roadblocks in. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's presume it gets that far, and they find something really nasty and really big, like billions of dollars have gone missing. How about about trillions? Trillions of dollars have gone missing. Some, you know, executive is responsible. What they'll do is what they always do is they'll hold up one of the bureaucrats, and they'll basically sacrifice him. And they'll say, you naughty, naughty boy, look what you've been doing. Well, we're going to fire you, and we're going to hire one of our other friends to put in your place. Just like they did with the FEMA guy a long time ago. This is how they do it. And that way they can make it look like they're doing something, when in point of fact, nothing has changed. 800-259-9231. At least that's my prediction. Hour two's coming up. SwissAmerica.com reports Wednesday gold prices retreated nearly 2% as the dollar bounced off 2009 lows and stocks retreated. Gold last traded down $18.70 to 962.40. Silver fell 63 cents to 15.33. Gold was under heavy selling pressure Wednesday as the dollar posted sharp gains after comments by Asian officials that they would keep buying U.S. Treasuries even if the U.S. credit rating were to be cut. Dump dollars before central banks do, reports Bloomberg. Recession, inflation, market volatility. What do you do to protect your money? Call Swiss America to send you a free education on gold investing. Gold offers you safety, liquidity, and excellent profit potential. Gold is the only asset that's not someone else's liability. The DVD, booklet, and newsletter are free. The knowledge you'll gain is invaluable. Call toll-free 800-630-1496. That's 800-630-1496. 800-630-1496 today. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. If you dial in and take control of the airwaves, toll free, 800-259-9231 as we are launching here into the second hour of the program. It's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free. Those other talk show hosts, they charge you for their websites. We do ours free, so enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com. Let's go right into your phone calls about whatever you want. We'll start with Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Uh, yeah, I was just reading about uh, the issue. Uh, the governor here in New Hampshire, of course, signed that bill allowing them uh, to get married to each other. Who's there? And uh, uh, same-sex marriages in New well, Hampshire. What's wrong with that? Well, what I'm getting at is uh, what happens when the justice of the peace uh, prefers to marry a man and a woman, and they say, hold it. Justice of the Peace, that's a government office, and they're sworn to discharge their duties impartially, yeah. and that's discrimination. Mm-hmm. So yeah. here's, what the, here's what the justices of the peace need to do. I say, okay, you'll get legally married. You, that's your legal right, but I'm going to exercise my legal right to freedom of speech. Uh, when you're a government bureaucrat, you when you've sworn to be a government bureaucrat, you've sworn an oath to their uh, to their system, and you're supposed to follow the rules. I know we know that government bureaucrats don't ever follow their own rules, but theoretically they should be. Uh, if they've been told that they have to do these marriages, they should have to do that. I didn't know that you were a bigot, uh, Tom. Well, it's 
Dearly beloved, there is obviously something seriously wrong with these <laughs> two sickos. But they what do you what do you have against gay people, man? Tom? Tom, I think well, that the, I think that the bureau um, the the bureaucrat the, the justice of the peace, if they're paid for, uh, paid by the community, especially on a full time basis, could exercise their their right to quit rather than doing something that they find they immoral. Could do that. They could and quit. if the government hired more people that had spines like that, then um, we would be in a lot better shape. That's not where I would want anybody to show a spine, however, because uh, I've got nothing against uh, gay people. I think the everyone the the ones I've met have been great folks. Um, so I just like to ask you, Tom, what are your what's your problem with gay people? Uh, it's not a problem. We have to tolerate. Sounds them because like you have technically, a problem. They're not violating. You just called them right. basic. You just you, you called sickos, them names, sickos. Yeah. What's your problem with well, them? Well, hmm? they're they're not violating anyone's rights by having a gay old time, shall we say? <laughs> no, they not, aren't. So, therefore, we have to tolerate them, but we do not have to accept them. Well, I, do, I, I them. will accept people that are good people, and uh, the ones that I've met have been good people. Have you had a, well, a, an otherwise uh, experience, an experience that was contrary to that? Well, they're a bunch of sick perverts, Why? and uh, therefore... We, we Why are they perverts and you're not, Tom? Because uh, uh, they decided to be queers, and I didn't. Oh, how do you know they decided? Oh, I can see it now. Hi there. I'm here to run this personal ad under men seeking women. Hold it. Not so fast. You huh? don't get to decide this. We decide this. We're putting your ad under men seeking men. And what when are you, you talking get advice from queers, see, they made the decision which column to run their personal ad in or what bars to go to. I, th I think that uh, you don't understand what I'm, po uh, what I'm pointing out here. You're saying they made a choice to be gay. There may be some people who did choose, but uh, I think that a lot of the people, if you talked, if you actually talk to gay people, uh, Tom, instead of acting afraid and uh, you know being a, a bigot, oh, I'm not, I'm uh, not if you actually have conversations that. with them, then you might find out that they've always been that way. Well, uh, they, it was their choice to be so. They, 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 do you believe that do. it was conscious in every single uh, every single gay person's experience that it was a conscious choice to be it's gay? Their bright idea. I mean, if they, they uh, simply run their personal ad under the other column, or or you know, put it on the the dating website, or go to uh, you know the other bars. You know, it, it's a simple matter like that. It's I, switch over. From, no, uh, I don't think it's as simple as you believe it is. Just like going down I wish we had Dale on the show tonight to, uh, to talk to Tom because Tom, you go down the town hall and register Democrat if they want to, or the other yeah, way around. Just flip a switch not here. Not the same. And be straight. This is you flip know, a switch. I, Tom, I, I I think that if I chose to have sex with a man, that it wouldn't change that I'm heterosexual because I'm attracted to women. Yes, it would. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's that one instance, you know. <laughs> you put one in your mouth and you're labeled forever. Um, the, but the <laughs> the um, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't matter. I'm still I'm still heterosexual even if I choose to have uh, sex with a with a man. Don't, wouldn't you agree? Mm, well, make you bisexual. Like but it wouldn't. Uh, well, I like I used to be a Democrat years ago, and uh, then uh, I, you know, you can be independent or you can be a, you know, you just change over from. Yeah, one to I, the I other. think that you are making this sound way too easy. Like everybody can just change at any old time they want to, and I think that while that can be true for some people, I think that Mark, oh, if you do decide yeah. that you want to have sex with a man. Uh, and you do that at that moment, you are, well, maybe at that moment you're either bisexual or you're gay, but then you could change back to being heterosexual. I don't think it is. I think but that I it's think a that frame of mind. You could be a gay person without having gay sex. And if, they, it's, it's, if they're in a relationship, though, and they want to 
switch over and be straight, then, I mean, are they actually worried that their little faggot friend is going to be hard? Woken, Tom, Tom, how do you how do you feel about just getting government out of marriage to begin with, and then you won't have any of these issues with justice of the peace or whatever? It's supposed to be a private contract between you and your partner, and if you so desire, God, and that's it. Why why does government need to be involved in marriage to begin with? Well, as long as they also stay out of the other part of it. See, my wife gets to have a green card because she is the wife of a United States citizen, namely me. Sure, okay? but that, now, that can still if, be a private institution. Rec- it can they're still recognizing be a- that marriage, and if if she uh, if they stop recognizing marriages altogether, then who's going to take care of my kids when she is no longer allowed to live in the United States because they're no longer recognizing legitimate marriages? Well, that's because the government created that problem in the first place, Tom. If the government allowed yeah. uh, free people to move across uh, borders freely, well, right? The government should not. I agree with you, issue. Wayne. The government should not be involved in marriage at all. But as long as they're going to be handing out uh, marriage certificates, then they should hand them out to anybody uh, that uh, that wants one of them. I recommend not. Not doing that personally, but if that's what somebody wants to do, they should be able to uh, to get one of those. But but Tom, uh, even if uh, even if all of a sudden the government t- tomorrow got rid of marriages, period, you'd still be bigoted. And so I just uh, you know you're down a notch in my book, dude. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line effect down several notches. I uh, I despise bigots. I'm very bigoted against bigots. <laughs> If that makes any sense. And by the way, Mark, I'd like to point out that I was not suggesting that you had to have gay sex in order to be gay. Uh, But you are suggesting that if I have gay sex that I'm gay. So you've got a double standard. Or you're bisexual. You don't get to say whether I'm gay or not, Ian. (laughs) Shut your cake hole. So you believe you can be heterosexual. (laughs) You believe you can be hetero and have gay sex and not be gay. Absolutely. That's a little confusing Your orientation is an orientation. It's not about the act that you commit. I'm not gay. My boyfriend is. (laughs) 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 Whatever. What about, about, there's one famous actress, I won't name her, but she was born with male genitalia as well as female. I have no idea. Wasn't that Jamie Lee Curtis? Correct. Okay. <laughs> and now what is she? What if she has sex with a man, is she gay? I mean doesn't doesn't That's that define a good who, question. The answer is you don't get to say. Jamie Lee Curtis does. Fair enough. Uh, but I think that uh, Tom is dead wrong in that he believes that people choose. A lot of gay people, I, agree, I think, will I, tell you that they were born that way. They started yeah. realizing and having feelings yeah. for people of the same sex. I never sex. chose to be heterosexual. I never chose to like little girls. Yeah. I liked little girls when they were in... I, I remember being in second grade in particular having a crush on a little girl. And I'm sure it happened that sooner than Me that. Yeah. I didn't pick... That that wasn't something that I chose. It it was something that happened mm-hmm. to me, and I'm not willing to say that a person that a little boy that had those same feelings about a little boy in second grade chose, chose that. that. No, I'm not. I mean, he is choosing whether or not to have sex with a, a man when he becomes uh, a man, but that's that's different. Um, he was born, or, you know, he he became gay. As a result of whatever. And I don't know if it's nature. I don't know if it's nurture. Uh, the evidence to me suggests that it's a, a bit of both. And I'm, it's okay with me. I, I, I can live with it. The idea of uh, people being upset that they can marry, I don't quite get that. I mean, they're in town. They're in town right where you are yeah, right just, now, humping in their houses. It's just hatred. That's all. I mean, it's just <laughs> there's nothing you're going to do about it. Yeah, people get worked up in, the, in a big I, frenzy about this silly stuff. I do kind of get caught up sometimes in the semantics of it. I don't think that necessarily gay marriage is the same thing as straight marriage, so why do we have to use the same term? 
but I also understand their point of view that they, you know, that there could be a, there likely could be a separate but equal issue. I'm no, sure the, there would be. They want the government goodies to go along with a government marriage. I'm not sure why it would be any different than a straight marriage. It's two people getting together for the purpose of loving one but another. But it's not for a man and a woman. And if a marriage is defined as a man and a woman, then fine. That, that's not how I define it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line and gay marriage passed today in New Hampshire. By they the way. Did. It's Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got our Facebook profile. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com to join up and become a fan of Free Talk Live on Facebook. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Are you facing debt problems? With DebtCrisisSolutions.com's programs, there are no more payments to creditors. DebtCrisisSolutions.com guarantees to protect your bank account, wages, and property from lawsuits. If you're facing a debt crisis, you need to be able to keep your money to take care of your family. Call 718-615-0123. That's 718-615-0123. DebtCrisisSolutions.com. Let's continue taking your phone calls. We'll go to the AMP line and talk to Glenn in Massachusetts. Glenn, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mark. Hey, Wayne's uh, here, too. What's on your mind? I just want to respond to the last guy who um, wanted, like, uh, gay people to, to choose to be straight or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know where he's coming from, but as a straight male myself, I, I want as little competition in, in that marketplace as possible. Right. Right. Especially from gay guys who are usually are pretty well-groomed and dressed nicely and, and yeah. are generally attractive people. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I see that as a threat to myself if they start choosing to be straight. You could just uh, so bathe that, yourself. I just in, my two cents in there. You, you could take a bath and use cologne and uh, cut your hair, and then you'd be right in the same realm with but, them, wouldn't you? But nonetheless, it's tough. I agree with him, though. <laughs> I agree. He's yes. right. I mean, having gay guys out there is a boon to uh, to a straight man. I learned a lot from gay guys. Yeah. They were waiters in a restaurant I used to work at. I used to watch the way they dressed and everything. They are good with the ladies. I mean, uh, women feel very comfortable around gay men usually, and so it could take a few tips from them, actually. Any other thoughts, caller? No, that's it. All right, Glenn. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the call. Okay, I appreciate have it. A good- you know, I, I grew up with a couple of guys who were kind of effeminate, and at the time I didn't understand what it was or anything, but later on, all three guys I knew who I grew up with who went to my school or whatever mm-hmm. around the neighborhood and, and so on ended up being gay, and I wasn't surprised oh, when I heard that they were gay. I thought you were going to say they ended up getting really hot ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but probably hot guys. I don't know. But Let's continue here and talk to Ziggy in the U.K. Ziggy, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I'm also going to respond to uh, that bigoted caller you had. Yes, sir. Um, I didn't choose to be gay. Are you gay, Zig? I, I actually, you know, fought against it. I didn't have gay sex until I was 29 years old. Hmm. And I had had a lot of, you know, bruised relationships with girls. Because it just didn't work out because I just, you know, when it came to the nookie, you know, it just didn't feel right for you, me. You, so you were told yourself that you're supposed to, you were having feelings of uh, attraction to the same sex, but you told yourself that you should not be feeling that, and you tried to force yourself into heterosexual relationships that didn't work out. Well, generally, yeah, but it, it, it didn't have anything to do with the Bible or anything. It was the peer pressure. 
because mm-hmm. a lot of men, a lot of men I've 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 known have actually been severely insecure about their sexuality. Sure. Therefore, they pick on homosexuals because they think that homosexuals are going to suddenly pounce upon them. Right, and the idea that um, gay people choose to be gay, this is part of the ludicrousness of that idea. Is it's hard to be gay. It is <laughs> right. not easy to be gay yeah. because people pick on you for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, even uh, I, mean, I don't want to get too crude, but if you go into a bathroom, let's say, and you use a urinal. And you're just looking about, you know, people are going to, you know, suddenly think, you know, right, your friends. What, what sexual orientation is this person of, you know, even though you're looking accidentally or, or whatever. Yep. You, just you don't know look what down. Mean. Yeah. That's the rule. No looking down. That's why they have mirrors and things to read up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, what I'm saying is we, we yes. live in a very, even though this, the, the government of this country has tried to do some, something about gay, gay equality, we still live in a very homophobic society. I think you're absolutely right. You will still hear people down the pub describe something in a negative connotation as gay. You know, don't be so gay. Yeah, it's unfortunate Uh, that 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 term has uh, taken on a negative connotation. Gay used to mean happy. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly guilty of using it in that in that fashion as well. Yeah, that's the easiest way to use it. Strangely enough, I mean, uh, homosexuals have taken the word, um, queer back, because that was, you Mm -hmm. know, a derogatory remark. And now you have queer pride. Hmm. So, you know, but I, I have to say, no, I don't believe any, any, um, get, uh, any homosexual, um, it, you know, chooses to be. And I, what I really suppose, I don't know if you've seen Bill Myers' uh, latest film, uh, uh, Religious Alert. Religious. It. It's, Re- it's a rant against organized religion. Yeah. And he goes along to one of those ex-gay ministries. Oh, one of the ones where they claim that they're uh, they've converted out of being gay. Yeah, and it, 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 it's hilarious. <laughs> I bet it is. Uh, you, you know, and I mean, the, the, the guy you actually met, he used to be gay. He's now married to a former lesbian. Hmm. Wow. And I, I just, I just, I just believe that. I mean, why can't um, people just be happy that two people are loving one another, are not hating one another? Yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. You know, to, I, I'm not, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if a Welshman wants to marry a sheep, allow him to do so. Yeah, you know, I'm it, with you. As, as, far as, as far as I'm concerned, if no one is getting hurt, people are loving one another, are not harming one another, or hurting physically, you know, bashing one another. Absolutely. What's the problem? I, I'm with you, man. I thank you, uh, Ziggy, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you as always. And he's right. There is a lot of uh, homophobia out there. And I think it does come from a lot of people who are very insecure about their sexuality. And why it is they're that way, I, I don't know. Does it does it go back to the Puritan roots of this country, the uh, the sexual repression on the part of uh, many religious uh, parents out there? Uh, is it some sort of repressed uh, interest in men that is uh, frightening to them to, uh, that at some level that maybe they're not even conscious of that they're that they're lashing out against I, I would love to hear anybody speculate on why the the hatred is there I, it just doesn't make sense to me i I've, as, as i've said i've met a number of gay folk in my time and they have been the nicest some of the nicest people i've ever met I yeah, I, I, I think that uh, people are concerned that their children will be turned in some way. Um, and, you know, I, 
I, I do believe, uh, I can't remember the uh, off the top of my head, a very important uh, sexual study that was done in the 50s or whatever. And they, um, Kinsey? Yeah, that sounds right. And they, they rated people basically on a continuum yes. as opposed to gay, bi, or straight. They were on a continuum of sexu- sexuality. I think it was a 1 through 5 or 1 through 10 or right. something like that. And it's it's really true. You know, there's there's some guys out there that aren't gay, but they're motivated to have sex to the point that they will have sex with another with a, with man, man if they're, you know... Just they want to get off. Right. If women, if a woman isn't around and isn't, uh, you mm-hmm. know, offering uh, the services, which you know they're less likely to be around and offering the services, quite honestly. So, yeah, there's. I, I think that there's a real fear of that, but I don't think that a guy is going to decide I'm going to act gay because acting, being, you know, acting gay and doing gay things, there's two totally different things involved there. Sure. I mean, one, you're choosing, you know, you, you can hide and no one will know what's going on and what you chose to do in your private time. It, it doesn't really matter. And in, an, in the other case, you know, you're, you're opening your, yourself up to a great deal of ridicule. Isn't it interesting, though, how people who call like our previous caller who were vehemently against gays are sometimes closet gays themselves? Yeah, I think that is very interesting, and it's it's also uh, translated similarly to the people that, for instance, talk the most about banning child pornography. You find out they're the ones with the secret uh, porn collection or the uh, the child porn co- collection. But we find those things happening so often. There was that uh, that that senator or representative that was in the bathroom stall with the mm-hmm. the footsie thing that they did, and of course he was one of the most anti-gay people uh, verbally, but in reality he's just suppressing himself. More on the way, 800-259-9231. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those, including the live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam, all of them free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. There are lots of reasons you might want to hide your valuables around your home. Asset forfeiture, bank failures, burglars, ex-spouses, housekeepers, your kids. StashYourSwag.com gives you more than 100 common places around your home, most with little or no modification. And all of them, uh, the modification costs are under $50. And it's an ebook. You can get it at StashYourSwag.com. It's less than $7 for it. StashYourSwag.com. What's a swag? It just swag of stuff. It's radio terminology. <laughs> so let's go to your phone calls about whatever you want and talk to Todd in Michigan on the amp line. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, Wayne, Mark, Ian. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. Todd. <laughs> Hi, Todd. How's it going? Uh, not too much, man. Not too much. Uh, I was hearing you guys about the uh, discussion he had with Ziggy yes. about homophobia against gays. And uh, I, I can tell you guys this. I'm an openly bisexual male myself. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you right now, uh, I find it offensive that there are so many right-wing conservatives who would say, oh, well, you choose to be gay because it's a lifestyle choice. And 
that's the thing that really sticks in my craw. And when I hear that all the time, I'm thinking, well, exactly what brings you to that conclusion? Because gays have it so difficult in society. They're living with the, um, this, this stigma of, well, you know, you shouldn't be with another man. It's sinful. It's wrong. And half the time, I think you're right. I think half um, a lot of it has to do with homophobia. But at the same time, I don't know what their motivations are. I don't know what what brought them to think this way. But you know, I think what it comes down to is it's harder to be gay in America or harder to be bi in America um, because a lot of that 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 social stigmatism, if you will. And a lot of it is completely um, idiotic because people always have this preconceived notion that if you're gay, then you're going to go around and molesting a nine-year-old child. Where does that come awesome. from? I mean, I yeah. yeah, a lot of people equate being gay with pedophilia, which are actually very separate. And actually, I believe that there's a lot more heterosexual pedophiles than there are homosexual pedophiles. Well, there's a lot more heterosexuals than there are uh, homosexuals, so that makes perfectly exactly. good sense. I mean, a heterosexual is as likely to molest a young girl, a heterosexual male is as likely to uh, do that against a young girl as a, you know as a homosexual is against a young boy i mean that's that's where what one needs to look at from that standpoint where does it come from though the, this false conception that uh, that gay people are, are pedophiles i mean where does that come from is it just a bunch of hate spewing bigots that over decades and and uh, generations have just passed that misinformation down to their uh, their children i think that's part of it but i think i think there is this old puritanical thinking that's been deeply rooted into our society that, uh, well, you, um, that, that gays must be, you know, trying to turn our children into being gay. You know, this whole nonsense <laughs> that if you raise your child as a gay couple in they'll today's America, they'll be gay. You know, yeah. that's, that, that's the mentality. Somebody must have done, the there must be a study that has been done on that that just completely blows that out of the water. I mean, there's no way that could be, that could be true. Well, I, I always oh, like to look at I always like to look at these things from both sides, and um, I do agree with the um, you know the the fundies when they say that having gay sex is a choice. It absolutely is. Any kind of having sex, sex is, is a, a choice. choice. Sure. Um, now, I am of the opinion that a person is what a person is as far as gay as heterosexual on the inside, and what the choice that they make is what the choice that they make. But the attraction so is I not agree the choice. With, with that, right. I agree with that as, as far as what they say. And I do think that, um, for instance, well, that, it's, true. that it's a little disingenuous for a scout leader, say, who might be attracted to young younger uh, men. And I must say that, there's been 14, uh, 15, 16-year-old girls that right. I've looked at and said, wow, that's an attractive young lady. Now, I, the, the idea that I would get into a relationship with them doesn't really make sense. Uh, I did blow my brains out. 
Well, well, it'd be awful. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, the you know it just doesn't make sense from a for, from an age standpoint. But, but you know from a in in a in a fantasy world uh, where you know I just had the opportunity to have sex with one of these young girls and I wasn't in a relationship and didn't have a son and all that you know all that stuff that uh, goes into fantasies. Hey, I might just go ahead and do that. I where think I didn't most go guys to that, jail. I think so, most guys that are being honest would agree with you, Mark. Right. And I think anybody that doesn't agree, I don't it, know it if they're like, being honest. Yeah, right. It, it, it's it's not one something that people particularly like to talk about. Yeah. So I think, therefore, but there are know, Mark, plenty of gay guys that feel that way, and I feel like if one of those guys was, say, decided to be a scoutmaster and hid from people that he was uh, gay, yeah. and then, you know, perhaps tried to seduce a boy or two in there, because he's attracted to young men, like, there's there's a line been crossed at that point. Um, right. And, and like, so, for example, well, like, for example, uh, the California Supreme Court um, just basically upheld that uh, proposition a gay ban, if you will, and uh, this whole notion that well, marriage has to be only confined between a man and a woman is really an idiotic notion because when because you know even though the voters in that state said well gee it should be between a man and a woman well okay you believe that but that doesn't make you right morally with that respect. Uh, sure, your vote counted um, in that way, but you know something. What about you know? Uh, what about interracial marriage? That was made illegal at one time. Mm-hmm. You couldn't even. You, you couldn't even. Uh, a white man couldn't even marry a black woman. That, or, that's how. Or, uh, that's how a marriage license came about. Was so that a, a white man could marry a black woman. Yeah. So, uh, and, and and another thing, Mark, I, I want to bring up here. Um, you you did say something which I think is very important. Which is the idea that you know um, gay sex is a choice, and that is true. However, no, he said all I sex is a choice. I, all I, sex, I, I, right? Right. But what, what I find very interesting is that when um, conservative straights actually say that you know homosexuality is a choice, well, then I can equally say uh, heterosexuality is a choice. Oh no 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 no! We can't have uh, that. They were yeah. born straight. Right, right. Okay. So it's okay for them to be born. They, they, they insist that they were born straight, but I mean, they can't, can't believe ways. that you would have been born gay. Celibacy is a choice right. too. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. Either they're born gay and straight, or they're they're born or or they choose to be gay. And I love straight. it when I love it when the uh, these bigots claim that being gay is somehow against God. Uh, and it kind of goes back to a conversation we were having about pantheism over the weekend, the idea right. that if, if God is God in perfect uh, perfection, then how it is that God could create anything that is not perfect is ludicrous. All you have to do is look at the animal kingdom, and you can see that there are gay behaviors amongst the animal kingdom. Are, are, <laughs> did they choose it as well? Well, they're sinning. Um, the, <laughs> the animals? <laughs> the... the 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 fact is here that there's I agree with you to some extent, but even if you choose that as your religion, that um you know people that uh, sodomites um are are sinful, fine. Treat them like every other sinner, which Love is like sinner. every other person on the planet. Don't point them out, call them sick, you know, all this other stuff. I mean, that's he, not loving he's your neighbor. as sick as I am for lusting after, uh, you know, the, the flesh or whatever. He's as sick as you are. You're a sinner, too. Remember that uh, From the their fact perspective. is gays are treated differently than other types of sin by the church and by church-going people, and it's and you know, wrong. Democrats... 
And you know something? Democrats even make it worse because remember Obama said that when he was a senator, oh, I'm for gay marriage. But now that he's president, oh, we can't have that now. Uh, it's got to be gay, you know, civil unions. But, you know, we can't have gay marriage now because we, 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 I don't want to alienate that base. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate hearing from you tonight, as, as always. More on the way here. Your calls about whatever you want. Thoughts on this or anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, we give them away. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose brand new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that's valuable to you and you want to get some perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines and also uh, commercial-free archives. You know, we don't mention that very often. Somebody emailed me to remind me that that's one of the, in their opinion, one of the best AMP perks and we never mention it. So if you don't like listening to commercials in the podcast, then that's one way you can avoid most of them. And you're still going to hear some of some, like the ones we do live. The live reads, the but it's show content. Yeah. So go to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. If you don't like the commercials in the podcast, it's a huge advantage. I mean, for three bucks a month, you would eliminate them. I, I yeah. don't think most people care that much about the commercials. I don't because think so I think They're the not ev- burdensome. The, the evidence is um, that even most of the amplifiers don't bother with the amp-only podcast. It's true. Most ampers don't listen to the amp podcast. But it's certainly motivating for uh, some people. This guy, it, you know, was motivating enough for him to email yeah. in. So. And he didn't even know about it, actually. He found out after the fact that he yeah. found out after he amped that there were I think most of them yeah, would. All right, so uh, amp.freetalklive.com. By the way, this weekend, when uh, by the way, you and um, you and I, Mark, are going to be leaving town. Where tomorrow night is our last show for this week. We're going to be out for Friday and Saturday night show, and uh, the lovely Julia will be here Saturday night, sitting in with Gardner Goldsmith, who is uh, exceptionally talented talk radio host. Gardner will also be here for the Friday night show, sitting in with Dale from AnarchyInYourHead.com. So that should be an interesting combo. We've had we've heard Gardner and Julia before, and they do well together. So it'll be interesting to to put Gardner in uh, with Dale. Uh, so it'll be two nights of two uh, two voluntarists on the on the show together. So our uh, it'll be great. We're staying in New York City on uh, Friday night, right? That's correct. We're coming back late, late Saturday. We do have separate beds this time, right? <laughs> I can't confirm that. <laughs> You know, it's not the greatest thing, Wayne, to be... Would you, you sleep, you like, toe-to-head, toe opposite, so that you have more room? I, 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 no. I'm comfortable with my sexuality. I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. I, I, Who steals all the covers? <laughs> I don't really remember that uh, having happened exactly. All right, so, yeah, we're going to be in uh, New York City, and the amplifiers are the ones sending us there. It's the reason we're going to be there is because of the... People that give $3 a month to the show to get us in front of more radio stations. But what I wanted to mention was this weekend, we've got two brand new affiliates scheduled to come on board. So they're going to be coming in uh, with one of uh, with our live show uh, being hosted by our co-hosts. So that should be an interesting experience for them. And, of course, we'll announce them when we get back the next week. But all of this is being made possible by listeners like you joining the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls, Mark, I know you've got an email about the gay thing. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that here, but let's go first to the callers and talk to Mike in Wisconsin. 
first. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Mike, Wisconsin, going once. Hello? Hey, Mike, you're on the air. All right, great, great. I just have a couple quick things to kind of talk about and for comment. I, um, you know, there's, uh, I live here in Madison as well, and I get a a caller from yesterday's podcast, and I wanted to comment about his call as well. Okay. I'm from Madison, and um, I, you know, living here in Madison, you hear that there's a lot of talk of single-payer health care and, you know, the socialization of medicine and how good this is and how we need it. Um, One of my things is I was in, I had to take my roommate to the emergency room over the weekend because she was having some stomach issues and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, we arrived at the hospital at around 9.30 a.m. And uh, I didn't leave on a Sunday night. You know, I had to be at work at, you know, 7 in the morning, 8 in the morning on Monday. And uh, we we didn't leave the emergency room until 1.30 in the morning. Stomach issues. And living here in Madison... Um, when you hear all this talk of single-payer health care, if, if, if you walk into a hospital emergency room at 9 o'clock at night on a Sunday and the best you can do is 2 a.m. Uh, to get out, then why are they even wanting to consider single-payer government-sponsored health care if this is what the, the best the market can provide because of all the government regulations, obviously? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't see it that way. They don't. They don't see government as being inefficient. They don't see government as being. They dangerous. obviously haven't been to the emergency room. They haven't seen inefficiency. Right. They don't believe in it's inefficient. I, I think they believe that if they were put in charge, they could clean all that up and make it work well. Oh, absolutely. And 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 uh, you know, along those lines, is you know, I commented to my roommate, you know, after about hour four, um, I I told her I was like, look. Uh, if, this were to, if we were to go to a restaurant and we waited for food this long and our waiter came by every hour to see how we were doing, we, chances are by hour two you would walk out the door. If that. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so and, and wait a minute, point of information. You were at the hospital and you left at 2 a.m. You got there at 9 something. When did they actually see you? Oh, that went pretty quick. The triage, I mean, granted, stomach issues aren't an amputated limb. They they have to triage. But uh, even with minor things like that, you know, like um, send a waitress in to say, how are you doing? Do you need more drugs? You know, just keep the ball rolling. And and there's no incentive because it's all... You know, it's all mired down in regulation, and well, yeah. What other hospitals are you going to go to? I mean, in, in many areas, there's not an easy, uh, an easily accessible comp- competing hospital nearby. In more metro areas, yes, you can choose from from other hospitals. But you're right. Um, it's, in so in so many cases, they aren't getting paid by the patients. Uh, they're getting paid by the insurance companies or Medicare, which is even worse. So they have no real incentive to do anything in a in a speedy manner. And then, and then and whatever they can't cover that way, they just write it off. You know, there's, I have a pet peeve here, too. They, they're calling it single-payer health care now, which is a bunch of baloney, because yes. they don't want to call it socialist medicine, so they're calling it that. But it's not single-payer. The government is pointing guns at everybody, taking their money. 300 or, million payers. Or inflating their money. Yeah, 300 million payers. Single-payer is when you go to your doctor and you write them a check after treatment. That's single-payer health care. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be, the way it was in the old days when, when we had the best health care system in the world. It was a doctor-patient relationship. We didn't have all these government-mandated um, pirates uh, in between stealing all the money. 
It's just a matter of ignorance, in my opinion, why people would support something like the government uh, running health care. It's greed, too. Uh, they, greed? Greed, sure. In that they want the services for free? Is that or is what they perceive as free? Right, right. Um, they, they understand. You know, if, if when you're looking at the low end of the spectrum from uh, you know, lower class to lower middle class, those people don't pay that much in taxes. Mm, they aren't and paying, yeah. If, if they choose to, you know, if they can push through some kind of system like this, you know, if they're as far as they're concerned, bad health care is better than no health care, and so they get something out of it. And so, I mean, when the public the finds out that they can vote themselves stuff stolen property, then they're going to do that. That's probably true for people that are on the lower end of the economic spectrum that don't have necessarily uh, they don't necessarily have a horse in the race. Uh, they're not politically active. But it sounds to me like you're talking, uh, to Mike, to people that are politically active and interested, and in, in for it's my belief that those people are just like the average socialist that you'll meet, the average college-educated socialist who believes that, well, sure, socialism didn't work when those other countries tried it, but if you just put me in charge, then I'll be able to make it work. And I think that that's the kind of hubris that these people have. No, not that they believe they're going to be the ones to uh, to make the program work themselves, but whoever it is they believe in, whether it's Barack Obama or you know somebody else that they put their trust into, they, they believe that Hillary's plan or so-and-so's plan or Mitt Romney's plan or whoever it is, whatever their favorite politician is, that their plan is the one that will work. Just just let them try it. Just let them force their plan on you and let them try to make it work. And, yeah. and it'll work this time, yeah, seriously. Big, government, big government's okay as long as our people are in charge. Right. I think that's where the uh, the attitude comes from. Absolutely. And um, I, I think it's probably getting ready to head into a break, so I'll try to make this last point really quick. Um, I know on last night's podcast you had a... Um, Somebody from Wisconsin, and they lived in Madison. And uh, mm-hmm. being that I'm also subjected and forced to live in this geographical landmass of um, evil, violent people, um, you're forced to live there. Well, uh, currently, you know, if I want to be able to eat, I have a job here. Yeah. And uh, Maslow's, hierarchy, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is very is well met effect. here. Yeah. But I am a Free State Project member. Excellent. So I will, you know, I, I'm I'm slowly grinding those gears. You are plotting. Stages. You're plotting your escape. So what about the guy that you, you wanted to comment? Go ahead. Yes. So um, he he talked about having issues building. Um, sounded like kind of like a rapport with liberals where he worked. Mm-hmm. And being here that we're in Madison, um, that's probably about sixty to seventy percent of the population. Yep. And um, what I would recommend is is is, is around people that are wildly varied outside of your political beliefs. It takes a long-term political rapport. I want you and, to talk, um, tell us more about that, if you'll hang on. Political rapport, that. connecting with people that may have divergent belief systems. We'll come back, discuss. Hour three's on the way. You can bring up anything. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in and bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they're all free, so enjoy them on us. 
at freetalklive.com. Going right back into your phone calls. Uh, coming up, we'll get to an email or two. And first, we'll go to the calls, though. Mike is on, on the line in Wisconsin. You were on last hour, and we were talking, Mike, about how there in the Madison area, there are a significant amount of people that would describe themselves as liberals. And yeah. you were just about to get into uh, talking about how to build rapport uh, with, with people of differing uh, political mindsets. Yes. Um, one of the big things that I've noticed is uh, uh, time is one of the largest factors. Um, I moved here about three years ago and proved that I could live in a winter, so that's why I said, you know, screw Wisconsin. Let's just move to New Hampshire. Um, yep, we've got winter here, too. In fact, it's probably a little warmer. And I, I can live through one, so now it's time to uh, do it freely. Did you look uh, at the numbers, by the way? Is it warmer here in New Hampshire during the winter? Got to be. Um, it looks to be about the same. Really? We don't, but being that you're against the Atlantic, um, there, there looks to be like the ice storms, like the ice storm that you guys got. I was reading the news, and that really concerned me. But um, I mean, as long as I guess you guys have food year. in your house, then who cares? Uh, and, and it doesn't happen a lot necessarily. Yeah. Every place has its own uh, special, you know, crappy weather thing. Yeah. And uh, well, I'm, I'm sure that you're, you know, more likely to get a tornado up there. Tornadoes. Absolutely, tornadoes is the big thing here. That's the big freak thing. But um, but one thing, one of the things that I've I've noticed here in in Wisconsin is um, you just need you need time and consistency. Um, I, I've approached some of the most hardcore socialist liberals that believe in you know single payer health care and all this kind of stuff and more taxation and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And as you talk to them consistently about the Constitution, because we're we're Americans. For the most part, you know, and um, we look to these things, we're, we're indoctrinated into looking to these founding documents with a sort of reverence. I don't, personally. I, well, I don't uh, push certainly. the Constitution I, at I, all. I know, I know. It's a document I did not sign and I'm not obligated to. I, I, I'm not holding you to that at all, Ian. Um, but what I'm saying is that for, for the rest of most indoctrinated Americans, um, the Constitution is kind of sacrosanct. And so. Over the course of a long period of time, um, it, granted in a bar it's hard to kind of accomplish this, you're just kind of talking to people or uh, whatever, but over a long period of time, if, you, if you're consistent and you stick to the message of freedom and liberty in terms of the Constitution and this kind of stuff, um, I've, I've had a lot of at least hardcore liberals go, wow, I've never thought about it like that before. Well, yeah, because a lot of them are, think they can have it both ways. Exactly. I, I see where you're coming from, um, and I am somebody that used to be someone who had reverence for the Constitution. However, uh, one of the things that I've encountered over time doing this show has been if you try to fall back on the Constitution, you'll just find that the people with differing viewpoints just have differing interpretations of what the Constitution says. Uh, the Constitution means different things to them, or they believe it's a, you know, it should be a living document, or they'll, they'll pull out, and I think this is a totally legitimate thing for them to say, is that, what are you talking about, liberty? The Constitution defined uh, slaves as uh, three-fifths of a man. So there are plenty of non-freedom-related things uh, in the Constitution. I, I hesitate to recommend that anybody use the Constitution for their, uh, their, the backbone of their argument. I think it's, um, I think it's a mistake, personally. Well, well, and then, well, here's the thing. is I start off with the Constitution first, and then I say, well, if you can handle the Constitution, um, then check out Free Talk Live. Oh, well, there you and, go. And, uh, you know, like, 
because this, this really is one of, you know, that's why I really appreciate your and Mark's show, because it, it really comes down to the philosophy of liberty. Um, I, I still like the uh, the solution that I gave the other night, and it's certainly not the only one, it's just one of my favorites, is to agree with them, is to say, you know, if they want uh, to help poor people get health care, agree, I think people who can't afford to pay for these things should be helped with uh, with uh, with a for with being able to pay for them, but I think that it should be done on a voluntary basis and try showing the gun in the room instead. I personally, Absolutely. I believe showing the gun in the room is far more persuasive technique uh, than talking about how great the Constitution was because the Constitution wasn't great for liberty. Obviously, it has either authorized the tyranny we have today or has been powerless to prevent it. Well, absolutely, and and I, I think that, but but once you can wake people up to the fact that we've strayed so far from a you know this this piece of parchment that Thomas Jefferson wrote on um, to the fact that now we have warrantless wiretaps being basically integrated into phone systems, um, then it becomes really easy to point out how big the gun in the room has become. You know, also, liberals think that we have a capitalist system. We haven't had capitalism in this country for almost 100 years. Absolutely. So they have to understand that with their, it, it's either... Uh, advocating Marxism or fascism, but we're not, we're not even, uh, in most cases, the political debate isn't really even talking about capitalism. Thanks for the well, call tonight, Mike. I appreciate uh, the discussion. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's continue and talk to a uh, different Mike. This one is in New Hampshire. Mike Barsky, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about Andrew Carroll, who uh, you guys mentioned last night, and who... Uh, in January, did a marijuana protest and who's essentially finishing up that protest right now. Yes, he's sitting behind uh, bars in, well, I guess there aren't bars, at, at least in the place he's at <laughs> at the moment, but he is in jail and he's in the holding area at this time in the West Milan Jail, which is the same place where our friend Sam has been sitting since the 13th of April. So now two uh, free staters, two liberty activists here in New Hampshire are in the same jail uh, together. He checked in yesterday afternoon and they uh, they actually forced him to wait for an hour before they would actually allow him into the jail. You you were there when it happened, isn't that right? I was actually about uh, more than fifteen of us walked with him from Keene to Westmoreland. It's about uh, thirteen miles. Wow! And on the well, yeah, and we held protest signs along the way and um, kind of gave him support and spread the word on the Free Keene forums. Tackle the world. Someone named Tackle the World has posted a, a short paragraph describing the day, and I think it's very poetic. It takes less than two minutes. May I read it? Sure, go ahead. That's uh, Lauren Canario, by the way, a civil disobedience yeah. super activist. Okay, uh, she was also there, of course. Mm -hmm. The roads of Westmoreland are nothing but a blur of dark forest when you drive. When you walk, it's a cool, shady stroll through vistas of wildlife and farms. On a sunny day with 12 to 15 of your friends, it's a party. Everyone had a chance to chat, display the signs of support, thanks to Richard, and speak with onlookers about our friend summoned to jail for holding a plant. Walking through Keene, the cannabis fans were whooping their parade, one even stretching out of pickup truck's window to the waist to yell support. On Hurricane Road, a public defender driving by stopped to ask why we were pro protesting in such an isolated place. Because there's nicer scenery here, I said. And, of course, <laughs> that was Lauren. One resident offered his bathroom for the use of the marchers. That's One nice. farmer came out. Yeah, it was, it was amazing to me. One farmer came out to yell at, at us about the problem in Gaza. And that was really odd. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, really... he's, he's, he doesn't get a lot of people out there. Yeah. And he had something he had to get off his chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when That's we great. arrived at the jail, we circled it a few times, dancing and singing for the prisoner's amusement. 
and when Andrew announced his arrival to the jailers, they took over an hour to gather their paperwork and admit him. Meanwhile, 17 of us spread out with lawn chairs and cool drinks and ragtime music in the front yard of the jail. <laughs> Hopefully, Andrew has enough pleasant sentiments to sustain him during his imprisonment. So y'all turned and, the, uh, the front of the jail into a little party zone? Oh, it was fantastic. We had our protest signs up <laughs> leaning against the jail and the flagpole. We, had, we pulled a van up to the grass area, had lawn chairs and a cooler. We wow. were all sitting on the grass. Some people took naps. It was just it was a party. That's amazing. You guys and are I great. Like, I would just like to add to it that we're not um, – Andrew – well, I'd, I'd, I'd add a couple things. First of all, on the way, Patrick, another uh, activist in Keene, uh, interviewed um, Andrew on video, and Free Minds, that video will be on Free Minds TV, and it's a great interview, very short, okay. very good questions. Excellent. And one thing Andrew told me he was concerned about was that since so much time had passed since Sam was so famous, he wasn't sure if people would remember his protests against the – you know, demonstrating the inherent violence for holding a plant. So I wanted to remind people and also let them know that while he intends to not uh, process and not um, participate in their crappy procedures, he may or may not be able to receive mail. But if you'd like to send him some, you can do it on mail to jail for free. And even if he doesn't get it in jail, we'll get it to him after. Let's, uh, yeah, definitely keep uh, keep giving us updates on this, Mike. And thank you for being out there and doing this. Mail-to-jail.com is the website to go to. You can send mail to Andrew. You can send mail to Sam, uh, any other activists that happen to be in jail here in New Hampshire right. uh, at this time. Thank you, Mike, for uh, everything Thanks, you've sir. done. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and I did hear good things about Andrew. We'll come up with, uh, come back with that. This is Free Talk Live, toll free. You dial in, bring up whatever's on your mind. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And tonight it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. You'll see them there at freetalklive.com. In fact, you can go straight to the Shrine by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. Last night, sent out an update to the updates list, letting people know that we had brand new Shriners up on the Shrine, Jamie and Crystal. You heard Jamie call in last night for the first time ever, and she sent her shrine picture in quite quickly, as a matter of fact. So she's up there, Crystal's there as well, and if you are a lady listener who would like to be on the shrine, the details are at shrine.freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about anything, let's go to Tony in California. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, good evening, guys. Hey, Tony, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, not too much. I wanted to make a comment about, uh, well, I wanted to call in and talk about hookahs, but but I, I wanted to make a comment about uh, something Mike from Wisconsin was talking about with single-payer health plans. Sure. Apparently, uh, there, was, there was one sect of the single-payer people. I don't know which one it was. I think it was HR 646 or something. But they, had to, they, ha- they actually had to threaten to picket the White House, the Obama White House, uh, in order for them to get into the health care summit. I don't so understand. It's just, it's a, well, what my point is, it's just another racket. It's kind of like the Democrats and the Republicans and, and, and all that. They're pushing some of the groups out. So basically this health care thing isn't, you know, it's not necessarily going to benefit the people, anybody that thinks that 
that something like that is well there's no way it could benefit the people i mean it's a government controlled program that extracts money from all americans basically anybody that pays taxes will be paying for the system and anytime government runs something it runs it poorly uh it has no incentive it is not uh exposed to market signals in any appropriate manner so it doesn't know if it is setting in prices correctly it doesn't know if it is providing good customer service it has no incentive to to do any of those things because profit is not a motive and there is no competition because it's a single provider it's the government providing the the health care so just on its most basic uh, level it's going to be a, a poor it's going to be a poor system and people are going to be sicker and and uh, less healthy as a result of that right and and but, you know and even the thing is in other countries where they're paying 60 70 80% taxes just like we are uh, at least they're getting something out of it. We're not getting anything like that out of it here, so I'd be very leery about supporting something like that. Well, but what anyway, are they getting out of it in the other countries? Uh, some of them are probably getting good health care, but you know, it's, uh, we, I've, I've, watched the, the, I've watched this one video about a guy up in Canada who wanted to have brain surgery. He ended up having to come to the United States to get the surgery because he was put on some waiting list. Right. What you'll so find really, is... It's, it's, a, it's really kind of a bad deal all in all, but I, but I guess my point, the reason I brought that up is is to show the sort of racket mentality that goes along with something like that. What, you are, what you're going to find when you, when you look, one of the things you'll find when you look at socialist healthcare systems, whether it's Canada or the UK or, or somewhere else, when you look at those systems, uh, you'll, you'll basically, uh, what they do up in Canada, from what we've been told from some of our callers, is they really pump up the health care in their schools. So in the government schools, they, of course, promote how great government is, and they talk about how great the Canadian health care system is, and uh, that they just pump up the kids with that. And so when the young people get out of the government schools and they start getting into their adult lives, of course, they're young, so they're relatively healthy. And so they don't really think much of the system. If they do go into the the hospital, it's you know usually something that's probably not too serious you know necessarily because they're young uh, still, and so it's not like uh, they're they're getting major operations or anything like that. And so if they're just experiencing the very basic level of the of the system, they may indeed still have this belief that wow it's free, so this is great. I'm getting taken care of and it's costing me nothing, which of course it, it is costing them. They're just not seeing it because it's coming out in in tax dollars. But down the line, as people start getting older, then the, uh, the, the solutions become less available to them. As you said, waiting lists become quite common. Uh, they will basically say that, uh, yeah, you need to look, uh, we need to have a specialist look at you, and you need to sit on this waiting list here for three months before the specialist even looks at you. Once you get looked at, then it may be more and more months before you actually have whatever procedure is necessary done. Will they do the procedure correctly? Will they use the best equipment? Will they use the best uh, tools? Will they use the best, uh, you know, fake leg to put in you? No, they won't necessarily use those things. They have no interest in providing you with the best quality care. They just have that, you know, they'll just provide you with whatever they provide you with, and you'll deal with it, or you'll go to another country. And, and there are even cases where they'll basically say, well, you know, we don't feel like saving you because uh, we don't have to. I'd also like to point out that there's, uh, I, I think that this might be part of the human condition. I'm speculating on this, and something I've been kind of working on is that people, uh, 
people would rather have the right to health care and then complain about the poor health care they get mm-hmm. than um, in some cases. Like there's, there's, that right. there's a mentality of people out there that would like to just be able to complain about the crappy health care they yeah. get rather than you know have the right to pay for good health care. They'd rather have the right to it for free and then be able to you know complain about it. And I'd also like to point out, that the United States, that the world could fall apart. Uh, healthcare in the world could fall apart if the United States goes single payer because currently we subsidize uh, the Canadian system and probably uh, you know uh, you know the systems worldwide. But I know certainly the Canadian system, and to me that means most socialist systems uh, likely are subsidized. You mean by taking care of the people that come here? Well, by that, and we pay higher drug prices than they do because the the governments try yeah. to set these prices and. There's there in order to have innovation you need competition. Well, currently we have competition in the United States at least to some extent. There yeah. won't be competition in the same way, nearly the same way mm-hmm. at that point. We could stifle and destroy what we've uh, you know what we have, and I I don't know how healthcare is going to look if the United States goes single payer because the world really is building its socialist system on the back of the United States as uh, you know because we still have a semi-free system. There are so many different things that we could point out about the socialist healthcare system as to why it is just so awful. Um, um, for instance, what if they screw up? What happens then? Are they even liable for it? I mean, it's free. What are you going to do? Sue them? They're the government. <laughs> How's that going to turn out for yeah. you? Exactly. So they, they don't have any incentives to do anything well, to do anything right, to do anything at, uh, at a good cost, and it's just an absolute nightmare. And the, the young people just don't, in Canada and the other places, they just don't understand it because they haven't really experienced it. And by the time they get the opportunity to experience the healthcare system up close and personal, then it all comes sinking in. Uh, the realization of what has happened comes, uh, comes crashing down, and that's when they start looking for other options like getting their surgery in the United States or down in Mexico or some other country where there's more freedom. That's right. Yeah. And actually today, Downsize DC put out a Downsizer Dispatch. It's called, You'll Regret It for the Rest of Your Shortened Life. I'd highly recommend you read it. Any other thoughts for us tonight, Tony? Yeah, well, I wanted to talk about the SUCA thing. I know we're coming up on a break here, but uh, uh, there's an article in my local paper. And, you know, it's not just a local issue. This is something that you could see pretty much anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had three hookah bars here in town. And then the city council decided that they were not a fan of the hookahs, and so oh they passed this ordinance saying that you can't have a hookah bar within a thousand feet of a park, or oh, you know geez. all this stuff, all this nonsense to keep the citizens safe. Now I'm reading this article, and can you hold me over? Yeah, I will. Hang on. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one hookahs. Say water pipe. With multiple, usually multiple hoses, and they really to do it. smoke tobacco out of it. At the yeah, the hookah bars—that's all you do in there—is you smoke tobacco, flavored, I believe, flavored yeah. tobacco. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we'll get back to that. And take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have got the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, they're right there on the front page. You click download, and they're yours free at freetalklive.com. Going back for an entire year on us. Again, freetalklive.com. 
Com. Do you want liberty in your lifetime? Don't miss the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening June 25th through the 28th in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Join hundreds of liberty-loving people for a weekend of freedom and fun. And join us, because we are going to be there. Actually, Wayne, I don't know if you are. Are you going to come out this year? Yeah. Okay, excellent. Then join us, uh, because Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live all three Wait, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, all three nights of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's going to be a great time. Now, officially, it starts on the 25th. However, it's my understanding there are going to be people arriving all week long, the 25th being a Thursday. Uh, people are going to be arriving at Rogers Campground in New Hampshire all week long. And so I imagine the uh, the socializing, the partying, and the just general good timiness will be happening throughout the week. So if you want to get here early good idea uh, or rather not a bad idea plus there are going to be bus tours and all kinds of other things that aren't aren't necessarily even happening there uh, at the campground so there's going to be a lot to do up here at the porcupine freedom festival it's always a great time and it's a great excuse to get out uh, to see new hampshire to meet up with these hundreds of liberty-minded people many of whom who have already made the move here to new hampshire as part of the free state project a number of them are considering making the move and Porkfest, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, is so persuasive. Being around these awesome activists is so uh, such a great experience that there are people who go to por- the Porkfest and they never want to leave. In fact, some of them actually just go and stay. <laughs> but there, yeah, they, there actually are people that come to Porkfest and do not leave. Because it's really just, um, it's a it's a very unique experience being around so many like-minded individuals people that realize, love freedom. Wow, this is what it's like to be around people that believe in liberty like I do. Right, and it's just because, a taste. Okay. <laughs> the fact is, libertarians really do live a life of quiet desperation every place else. Up here, you can say what you mean and mean what you say, and it, it just feels fantastic. And people will stand up next to you when you do it, yep. too, which is awesome. So come on out. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's Porkfest with a C, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T, Porkfest.com. As we go back to Tony in California, talking about hookah bars down there. Where are you in California, by the way? You said there were three in your town? Tony? Do we have Tony back? SantaCruz.com. Santa Cruz? Yeah, Santa Cruz. That's gotcha. right. That's Top of the Monterey Bay. Yep, we used to be uh, yeah. there. So we had three hookah bars, and I'm going to get to how many we have in town now because the city council. Uh, I, if you look up the article, you'll uh, one of the, I, I sort of commented the quotes. One of one of the things is the city. One of the city council members said that we're not a fan of hookah bars. So what they did was they passed this ordinance saying that uh, you can't have a hookah bar closer than a thousand feet from any park or school. Basically, it, it kind of leaves it to just a couple places in town that they. Yeah, have you can one. have one out in the industrial district outside of town because when right. you look at a when you look at a map, uh, this is this is what they do. It's similar to what they do to sex offenders in a lot of places. They'll say, well, you can't live within two thousand feet of a school, church, uh, park, etc. Anywhere right. where children might gather. So, uh, and so basically, if you look at a map and you start drawing circles around all of the various different yep. uh, locations where you can't have this, uh, then it, it basically eliminates virtually anywhere in town. So what happened? Well, well you've got to listen to the gall of, of these city council members. One of them said, it's unhealthy and, and we shouldn't support it. Now, listen <laughs> to that. Where's that? Listen to that word again. We. What does that mean? We. We meaning the Control. collective. Right, exactly. The collective. So me and, uh, you know... Ian, you know, we're going to go uh, get a bus and have it full of people, and then we'll call ourselves the city council, and then we'll say we're going to drive it off a cliff. 
You know, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, it's madness. I mean, these it people, uh, these, anyway. the, the, but, but it's exactly what city councils do. They, uh, they have the best of intentions, and they may be right. Maybe it is unhealthy to participate in using a hookah. However, it's none of their damn business, but because they have men with that's guns right. who will back up their, their every demand, it is their business. They can make anything their business. That kind of, that kind of support is going to last. Listen to this. Uh, one of the business owners that they interviewed said that he lost over $30,000 in planning fees and uh, ended up relocating his business down to Hollywood. Geez. So basically, we lost a business because, you know, they want to have their, uh, you know, smoke-free town or whatever. And it never and, even came close. I mean, you know, it's not like they're getting in periphery business like they might if it was on the outskirts of uh, Santa Cruz. Right. Um, you know, they, it went to Hollywood. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but get this though. This is the racket part that I was talking about in the last segment. Mm-hmm. One of the shops was actually allowed to stay. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Who owns that one? Surprise, uh, surprise. Let me see. Which one is this one called? There was. I didn't get the name. Was of it that. within a? Was it given an exemption? Was it within one of the? It zones? was given some kind of exemption. You know how mm-hmm. they work though with all these you know regulations. They go. You know who who knows what happened. I. It doesn't say anything in the article about uh, you know how they got or, or why they got to keep it. I mean, you know, any backroom deals or anything. Yeah, like that. somebody but, knows somebody. I mean, that's but what basically it is. it's just these regulations. They ruin businesses. Uh, there, there's another thing going on here with the strawberry festival in town, and that deal fell apart between the city of Santa Cruz and and uh, you know the person promoting it. So really, they just can't seem to get anything right around here. You know, the word yeah, hookah. Sound, the government. The word hookah sounds a lot more decadent than. What is done actually in a hookah bar, don't you think? I love that word, yeah. hookah. Well, you know, the thing is, I, Wayne, I don't even like hookahs. But, you know, the, but that's not the point. The point right. is... You didn't have to go if, to the bar. Yeah, if you don't care about your, you know, what business do I have if somebody wants to go to a hookah bar? And, and if I don't stick up for them then what's going to happen when something exactly. happens to me? Right. Exactly. You As uh, Pastor Martin Niemöller said in World War II uh, times, first they came for the communists, and I wasn't a communist, so I didn't stand up. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I wasn't a trade unionist. Right. And now they've come for the hookah bars. And yeah. the hookah and, smokers. Yeah. Yeah, and there was, a, there was another article about... Uh, down in Southern California about this pastor who was having uh, services at his house, you know, meet, church Uh-oh. meetings or something like that. Yeah. And then they said he had to have a permit. <laughs> so he actually demanded an apology for that. You can look that up on uh, on the Internet, too. But it's just outrageous. It is. And and as long as people keep going along with it and they keep bowing down, they will, they will never stop. I thank you for the call tonight. Right. Good hearing Thanks from you. Uh, it's awful story and so typical that these city council people or town selectmen or whoever the hell they are that are that are wielding power over over people. That's what they do, man. They decide what's best, and then they have their men with guns come and threaten you if you don't go along with their plan for what's best. They don't care about your business. They don't care about your living. They don't care about how it is that you want to uh, live your life and, and make your uh, make your way in the world. They don't care about all of that. They have their vision, and they're willing to, th- uh, to threaten you over their vision of the perfect society, or their vision of the, the perfect little city. Yep. It's despicable. 1-800-259-9231. But until business owners are ready to say, screw off. Until they're ready to say, no more. I'm not going to obey. I'm not, not, not only am I not going to obey you, but I'm not even going to pay you. If you're going to treat me like scum, 
If you're going to demand that I shut down my business or that I pay you some sort of tributary fee in order to operate my business here, then I'm just going to keep operating my business and tell you to go take a long walk off of a short uh, short pier. Uh, Go screw yourselves. You know, over the years that I've known uh, people in California, I lived in California, a lot of businesses have just voted with their feet and left for surrounding states. I understand that, Wayne, but it only goes so far. Yes, you can vote with your feet and leave California, and I highly recommend, if you love liberty, that you look into New Hampshire and go to freestateproject.org. But when you come here, if you try opening a restaurant, you can't allow smoking in the restaurant because they've banned that here in New Hampshire. So even if you leave a place like California, you may go somewhere that is, by comparison, more free. But there are still little Hitlers in charge of the city councils wherever it is that you go to. And they're all going to come up with some new rules and regulations and new taxes, and they're going to force them on you. So even if you move away to another place, you can't keep using that strategy. That strategy will not work forever because there are always going to be politicians and control freaks and bureaucrats that want to control you and apply more rules and regulations and taxes to you. And until you finally put your foot down and say, that's it, I'm not going any further, I'm not moving away, I want to be free enough to run my own business without having you criminal gangsters calling themselves the government come in here and try to tell me how to do, uh, to run my life or my business. And until people just refuse to participate and obey, they will continue to be bossed around, they will continue to be told what to do, and they will continue having their wealth and hard-earned money extracted from them. It's just a matter of cooperation, and it needs to end. That is the cooperation. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll try to sneak your call in here if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. The number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through our special link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Uh, go to amazon.freetalklive.com and buy whatever you want. They've got virtually anything there in dozens of categories. Used items, even if you need to save a few bucks. Also, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their new items. Head over to amazon.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done. Feel good because a percentage is going to Free Talk Live. We go to your calls. Harris is in Wisconsin. Harris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello. Uh, are you there? Yes, sir. What's on your mind, Harris? Okay, I'm calling uh, for advice on how to handle a parking ticket. Uh-oh. What kind of parking um, ticket? So- um, I forgot to pay the parking meter in the parking lot. So um, it, it was a public, it was at a library. And it, I normally do pay it, but it just happened to slip my mind this time. <clears throat> so you so, forgot like, to pay and, they, and it doubled or the price went up or what? Well, um, it's, just, it's like one of those coin-fed uh, slot ones. So it just a, a meter maid, I guess, came around and gave me a parking ticket. So um, originally I intended to be completely principled and, like, you know, not refuse to pay and everything like that, but um, then I found out that the court is backed up until well into August, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be moving to New Hampshire in o- early August. Yes. So I can't exactly take that route. Well, first of all, you have to understand that if you're going to go the route of not paying things that are car-related tickets, there is the chance that they could steal your car from you. I mean, there is always that possibility um, and so if you aren't prepared for that as a possibility, then you should just go ahead and, and pay it. Or, you know, as you say, you could just try to fight it within their system. That's a possibility, too, uh, which 
how successful you'll be at that, I, I don't know. Uh, but as you say, if you're if you're planning on moving to New Hampshire soon, I personally subscribe to the theory that you should fly under the radar for as long as you can. If you are not in New Hampshire and you're a Free State Project member and you're going to move to New Hampshire, fly under the radar until you get here. Because if you're here, then you've actually got people that can back you up. Whereas if you're there, you've got yourself and maybe some family members or some really close friends that might be willing to uh, to, to support you morally. But there's not really much else there for you. And so... I think your your chances of success are greater here in New Hampshire. Not to say they won't steal your car from you. Cat uh, Canning today, uh, the publisher of the New Hampshire Free Press, just had her van, uh, the, the New Hampshire Free Press van, stolen by the police because it didn't have registration. Uh, so they so you know they might put a boot on your car if they, if you don't pay, and it, and it could be something that might take months. You may be able to get away with just not paying and leaving the state, but then if you come back, they might have a problem with you coming back. So I would but say coming back is the problem when it comes to parking tickets. Yeah, I, I would say just grit your teeth, bear it, pay the ticket, fly under the radar, and then if you want to do non-cooperation and stuff like that, do it when you've got some people backing you up. Yeah, that was my original plan, but after I already got the ticket. Um, I actually called, this, this happened a couple of weeks ago, so I already called in, and they already have a pretrial uh, arrangement. This is before I knew that the court was backed up mm-hmm. uh, until August. So this Friday, actually, I'm meeting with the uh, city attorney. And so I was just wondering if there's, if you have any advice on what to say, you know, since I can't let them know that I couldn't take it to court. I want them to think that I, I can take it to court and just have them drop it because it would be more hassle for him um, to press it against me than it would be to just drop it. Well, wow, that's a, that's basically a you know play in poker. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, you keep keep your face. Uh, you know, you know, pretend you're playing poker and uh, you're bluffing. I guess is really what you're going to have to do. But if they go through with it and they schedule the trial and you're not going to be there for the trial, that could be problematic. You, then you can probably pay um, plea after that and pay out or whatever. You know, find some, some way out at that point. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is I'll I'll, I'll pay if I have to because. Um, I have family in Wisconsin and everything, so I don't want, you know, a warrant out for my arrest for failure to appear when I come back and everything. Yeah, but, and um, have the cops come knock on your mother's door or something like that while you're not exactly. right there. Yeah. I, I, I mean, what's the ticket? What does it cost up there? It's only $9, so it's not the money. I just thought it would be interesting to see what it would be like to actually fight it. Just for the experience. Yeah, I mean, hey, it like like Mark said, I mean, you could try the uh, the bluff technique and then just uh, cave anyway after that and 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 pay it just to just to kind of get the experience and, and see what happens or or as I suggested, just pay it and fly under the radar and get here and it, I t- I'll tell you, you'll get a parking ticket eventually if you're living here in Keene, New Hampshire, and you park <laughs> downtown often enough. It's it's inevitable that they'll they'll hit you with one uh, over yep. time. And I've had a mixed success with not paying parking tickets. Once I didn't pay and I sent a letter to them asking for proof of obligation, mysteriously they marked the, uh, the, the ticket paid. I don't know what happened there. Maybe somebody went and paid it for me. I presume that's what happened because I did finally get a letter back from the Keene uh, police, one of the Keene police captains. They gave me another ticket recently, uh, this one for parking in the street overnight during the month of April. If you do that, you can get ticketed because apparently they need to be able to clear the streets in case it snows in April. Uh, it doesn't happen too often. In fact, there was no hope of it that particular night. 
And so I asked uh, Captain Miola several questions about obligation to pay parking tickets and showing me the proof of uh, of obligation and he basically dodged uh, all my questions by saying that uh, i reviewed the questions you posed in hopes of trying to draft responses that you would find logical and convincing but the very nature of your questions precludes that your view on these matters is obvious and i'm confident i could not convince you otherwise so obfuscation yeah basically you know i don't have any obligation to even answer your questions screw off we're going to steal your car from you I mean, that's basically what they said. And so if you're going to go and not pay parking tickets and not register a car and, and do that kind of level of activism, and I'm not saying that's as far as you're going to go, but just to anybody who's thinking about this, be absolutely prepared to lose your car and never see it again. <laughs> you have to be prepared for that. Harris, thanks for yeah, the call cool. tonight. Good luck, man. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231 to Matthew in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Matthew. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, you know, um, my my student group here uh, in Tennessee, um, uh, students of American Liberty, we're fighting the red light cameras out here in Jonesboro, Tennessee. Yeah. And let me tell you, tyranny is strong. It is. How are you fighting the red light cameras? Um, well, we what we have right now is a petition, and we're trying to to get the citizens to um, sign our petition, and we really want the town to vote, you know, up or down if they want the red light cameras. So you can put a resolution, some sort of article on the yeah, voting ballot. Yeah, yeah, we're we're trying to do that out here in Tennessee, but um, but tyranny is strong, though. You know, a lot of people are scared to fight city hall, and they're scared to know. sign a petition. Yep, scared. Oh, they actually are so said pathetic. it. They, they said it many a time. I'm scared, you know, that there would be retaliation against me or my business. It's amazing. It's just amazing how cowardly people are, that they're so frightened that they won't even work within the system. I mean, that's, yeah. how, that's how sad Americans yeah. have become. They won't yeah. even put their name on the line of a petition to put something on the ballot to use the system, which is the most inefficient, silly way to get anything <laughs> to change. People are so frightened of, uh, of the government uh, control freaks and, and what they could possibly do to them that they just whoa i don't want to stick my head above water or even put my signature on something that could result in uh, my yep. business being targeted and maybe it's true maybe the the uh, the city council members in that town are so uh, so dangerous that they would target somebody who signed a petition maybe they're right to be uh, afraid of that but as long as people are still scared and cowed by these government people you're right uh, tyranny will continue to live strong yeah you know um and and most of our student group though i've I'm a Free State Project member. I've already signed up. Excellent. And uh, I'll be moving in about two years. And Fantastic. so, uh, you know, I, I keep on telling, I keep on talking to my, my student group here, you know, you guys need to move to New Hampshire. You need to move to New Hampshire, you know. And uh, oh, I, got about, I got about four or five people that are going to be mo- moving with me, you know. Have you got them really, to sign up? Have they signed? They've, yeah, they've already signed up. They're, Great. They're, you know, we did already you have. Your, did, did you get your golden porcupine? No. Ah, okay. For you those just, of Right in for that. For those who don't know, uh, if you are a Free State Project member and you get three people to also sign up for the Free State Project and use your name, reference you, uh, when they sign up, then you can get the Golden Porcupine Award, oh, which really? is a, it's a nice little pin. Mm. And I, I have give, one. Ian they, has one. Did they give you a certificate, too? I, I don't know. The, golden, the pin itself is fine. It's a me. nice pin. It's, yeah. it's been yeah, a long time since nice. I got mine, but it's a, it's a neat yeah. little incentive. And, of course, if everybody were a Golden Porcupine, we've got 9,000 Free Staters, if everyone were a Golden Porcupine, we'd be well yeah. over 20,000 by now. Yeah, it'd so. be all over. 
So thank you for taking the effort to actually yeah. bring more people on board with this. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have a little uh, Liberty Caravan here in a couple of, in about two years. Well, that's it's, it's great. Just get as many people as you can to sign up, then that, that's the most important thing. Yep. Hey, thank you for that, and I'm sorry to hear that people are so cowardly down where you are. Thank you for tell, the call. I would tell everyone else around the nation, you know, try, try to fight these cameras, and when you find out tyranny is strong in your state, move to New Hampshire. That's just it. People really have to lose. I mean, they really have to get out there into the system and see how oppressive it is and see how pathetic people are and lose and lose and lose again until they come to the understanding that the only place they're going to have a chance at winning, at least at this time, is here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Thanks for the call tonight. It's been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Okay, this is an extended podcast edition of Free Talk Live, and we've got a special guest on the line with us. Mark, who do we have here? Well, we've got uh, Mark Van Name from uh, Bain Books. He is an author, and I'm reading the book that he's uh, authored right now, Overthrowing Heaven. And uh, Mark, you there? Yes, I am. Excellent. Now, uh, before we go talking about it, I, I like to give my uh, endorsement, if I'm going to give such a thing, uh, r- right out in front um, so that people know where I'm coming from. <laughs> and uh, I really do uh, – I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying your book, Overthrowing Heaven. And um, I, I had never heard of you prior to uh, you know getting in touch with uh, B- Bain Publishers. They sent me the book as a review copy, and um, you know we, we set up the interview, and I so I certainly read it. And I'm really, really enjoying it. And glad I found uh, found out about you. But I even more exciting uh, that I found out from the commercial that we're running on Overthrowing Heaven is, in fact, I guess this is like the third book in a series. I've been reading it. I'm, I'm nearly done. I'm about forty pages from the from the end of it, and I didn't know that it was a book in a series. Well, I'm I'm glad of that. And first, thank you for the kind words, and thanks for having me on the show. Sure. Uh, and I uh, write every book to stand alone. You should be able to read them in any order. In fact, I just uh, made a new friend at a science fiction convention who's reading them in the order 2, 3, 1. Uh, doesn't matter. Every book is completely standalone. But if you eventually read all of them, and my hope is it's going to take 15 to 18 books to do everything I have in mind, then you will see a picture emerge of this future history I'm creating that will be richer than any one book. But I'm, I'm doing the future history very much from the perspective of, of this one character because I think that most history texts lack that. They think of history as this thing above and outside people. And uh, when I write these books, what I'm trying to do is have one observer. So in the way that you might read a war memoir or uh, the, the memoir of somebody who's uh, an insider trader or whatever, with my character you're seeing a memoir of his time in this odd future universe. And it, it is somewhat of a, a war memoir. The, uh, the the main character is a mercenary type, um, but a mer- mercenary with a heart of gold, I would say. He tries to avoid killing people where he can avoid killing people. And as a Quaker, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, he is uh, somebody who has served with a mercenary unit, and in my future, almost all the military work is contracted out. And he has served with what he considers to be the absolute best unit in the you know, human space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's actually, and so far in each of the three books, he's trying to avoid work. He's trying to have a vacation. He's trying to hide out. But things find him. 
Yes, it, it, you know, it, it, it's that way for the guy with the heart of gold. He must go save someone. And uh, that, that, that's, you know, those, those kind of things happen. Um, so I've, you know, I've, I really did uh, enjoy this. And it's, it seems that in this world of yours, there's also genetic engineering going on. So there's all kinds of fantastic creatures. Yes, indeed. In fact, uh, I have a set of sciences that have succeeded and a set that have failed. In the first book, uh, One Jump Ahead, I actually have a pet store called Strange Kitty, which is called the uh, store with pets with more, is its tagline. And there you can go get both genetically and mechanically engineered pets, uh, <laughs> like an amphibasset with uh, a basset hound with gills that can swim underwater. Because you need that. <laughs> and, yeah, there you go. Everybody needs one of those. Uh, what I've tried to do is create a future where certain technologies have made it and certain ones have not. In particular, nanotechnology has gone on to do great things in inorganic materials, but has not done well in people. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was a big nanotechnology disaster, and it is a banned research. Nothing is happening. Everyone has universally agreed it's disastrous when coupled with humans. But... Uh, there is one person that nobody knows that is actually a successful human nano hybrid, and that is my protagonist. Yeah, uh, you know, and it, it makes the protagonist that much more interesting. Um, you know, it's a he's a sort of uh, believable superhero in in that sense. And I, um, I, you know, I'm really enjoying the books, and I'm glad to hear that you're going to be writing like 18 of them. Um, and I wish you could kick them out at about once one one every six weeks would be good for me. Um, but you know, then I wouldn't be able to read anything else. So um, I'm, I'm really thoroughly enjoying this. Anything else you want to say about Overthrowing Heaven? When's it coming out in the stores? Overthrowing Heaven will hit the stores officially a week from uh, yesterday, so June 9th. I think it's actually starting to ship from Amazon. They always seem to be early. And uh, you should be able to pick it up pretty much any chain store, independent bookstore, or uh, online then. Okay, that's cool. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I really do recommend this, and it's always so difficult to know, um, you know, whether a story is going to be good and whether it's going to be the the sort of thing that you want to hear, unless you know you, you get a chance to read it. And I really recommend that people go ahead and and uh, try this out because I'm I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and all the people that have uh, taken my advice on Terry Goodkind and uh, all the the authors that I've had on in the past, I. You know, I have enjoyed this just as much, and the really good news is apparently there's there's more in the series, so you can get three uh, books uh, in this series for Overthrowing Heaven. Now, Mark, I also read a book that not you didn't author this one, but you did uh, edit it, and it's put out by Bain, and uh, you co-edited it with uh, Tony Weiskopf. Um, it's called Transhuman. And it's an it's an anthology. Um, can you tell me something about that? Because I, I I just read this and and you know I I wanted to talk to you about it. Absolutely. Uh, this was a book that I wanted to do. I pitched it to Jim Bain and Tony. Uh, Tony got interested, wanted to co-edit it with me. Jim Bain, the founder of Bain Books, and a friend, ultimately decided to buy it. And then not long after he died. Mm. I actually, my first John and Lobo book, One Jump Ahead, was the last book he bought before he died, which was very sad. Mm. Um, Tony basically said, all right, you know, I'm going to give you some initial comments and then go run with the book. And my vision for the book was the following. There, there's a lot of talk in science fiction and in mainstream science about uh, the singularity, it's called. Yep. Not in the sense of a black hole, but in the sense of the moment when, you know, 
you can't see really to the other side. And I'm sorry to interrupt here. I've just been kind of listening sure. to the the whole conversation. This is Ian. Um, I'm no I'm no uh, I'm not really well educated in transhumanism, but it's my understanding the singularity is when uh, computing AI essentially reaches the level of uh, capability of the human mind. Um, is am I misunderstanding that? No and yes. Um, <laughs> that Ray Kurzweil is perhaps the most famous promoter of the singularity concept, and he uses that moment as the moment where we can't see the other side. But uh, if you think about a singularity in the sense of a black hole, it becomes it is a place, uh, an, an event, and a place where the rules all change, right? And yeah. so the the singularity that Kurzweil most assumes, and I most assume, is likely to cause this effect is the increasing of machine intelligence to the point where it surpasses human intelligence. But it's easily conceivable that that event doesn't happen, but that a singularity still occurs through um, a confluence of genetic engineering and nanotechnology, for example. And I was in this book largely aiming for the machine intelligence one. And what I wanted to do is not try to write a lot of stories beyond it. There were anthologies that were doing that, but I wanted to write human-oriented stories uh, write and publish, because I have a story in it, uh, about what is happening to people very close to the singularity in the time leading up to it, which is where my own story is set, in the moment when it's happening, which is where some of the stories are set, or just after it. So that we were actually taking that moment in history and seeing what it might be like from the perspective of a lot of different writers. Yeah, you know, that's what I, uh, I I found so interesting about this, is they were dancing around the subject, which Ian finds so interesting and has therefore made somewhat interesting to me, uh, trans, you know, transhumanism or, or whatever. I hadn't really thought about it, and uh, I'm scared to death of the idea of our robot masters taking over. But I, I did I'm read the... I'm worried about the zombies. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have zombie plans here at my house, so we're all set. <laughs> Well, be sure to have some fire. The uh, the you wrote a reunion in this, and I didn't realize that uh, you know you you had written this uh, when when I was reading through. But I did really enjoy the reunion story. It's kind of a it's it's a story about you know what if a guy who was uh, sort of not real manufactured uh, intelligence uh, what, what do they call that in the AI or AI what is that artificial intelligence uh, guy. You know, what if he was like sort of released on the world and, you know, what would it be like? And so he decides to go to these class reunions so can, he can experience this uh, interesting little bit of, uh, of of life. And I'm going to my class reunion here next month. So I it, it was particularly poignant for me. And I really did enjoy the story. Well, thank you. I, I got the idea for the story in a flash one day, and, and that doesn't happen all that often where the entire story sort of appeared to me. And then I wrote it, put it aside, rewrote it many times to get it right. But it is, in many ways, an ultimate alienation story because Mm -hmm. he is completely and utterly alone, and a lot of my characters deal with alienation. Why do you think that is? In this case, I I assume it has to do with my own sense of alienation (laughs) and with my fundamental belief that we're all kind of here alone, trapped inside shells where communication is imperfect. It certainly is. uh, But... I, with this story, what I really wanted to do was think about what would that be like, and the answer was that you would have a desperate need to belong, and he just started going to parties he didn't belong at where he could hide and kind of feel part of things. 
And it was a very dysfunctional approach to it, um, but it was what he could feel safe about, and that allowed me to then set uh, use science fiction to do something science fiction does very well, which is allow you to make concrete the abstract or metaphorical. And he uh, kind of meets some dysfunctional folks at, uh, at, at this, with this dysfunctional uh, pingent that he has and uh, at a dysfunctional uh, uh, reunion, and it, it makes for a very interesting time. And uh, you really connect with the character, I think. Oh, thank you. And I have to say, I think the words dysfunctional and reunion are pretty much required to go together. I'm feeling that's the way. <laughs> um, that's, that's how I, I feel right it now. It works differently. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even tell you the half of it, uh, Mark. <laughs> um, so, and one more thing that I wanted to brush on before we, we end up here um, on the interview is you know, Bain has a very unusual um, intellectual property policy for its online books. And uh, we talk, believe it or not, uh, it, it doesn't seem like talk show fodder, but we talk about intellectual property a great deal on this show. And one conclusion that we've come to is that if you're going to do something on the Internet, there's really no controlling it from an intellectual property standpoint. Um, so it's it's kind of like you should, it's kind of like a surfer riding a wave. Um, try to stop that wave and you're not going to be very successful. However, you can ride the wave, perhaps make money and have a good time and all those things that go along with it. Tell me about um, Bain's intellectual property policy um, on the Internet. All right. Um, I'm happy to, and it's something that we uh, affiliated with Bain push loudly and uh, often because we think we're right and we think a lot of people are being really foolish. Um, the essence of it all came from Jim Bain and so a lot of early conversations with Eric Flint uh, Tony Weisskopf's publisher is carrying it on. I consult and help with that. Uh, Eric's still involved. And the basic idea is this. We, yeah, we want to sell books online, and we do, and we have a, a thriving ebook business. My book's available online. And, in fact, Bain actually sells ebooks in lots of forms. So you can buy my book now that it's out. Overthrowing Heaven. Right. But okay. you could actually have bought it six months ago in the uncorrected form that I sent in. That's what so I have here, actually. On your block to read it. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, what you can buy yeah, the book cool. before it's even been edited? Yes, and and it's called wow. the eARC, the Electronic Advanced Reading Copy Program. And basically, six months out, we charge fifteen bucks. I think it goes to ten bucks at four months and five bucks at two months. And huh. you get this copy, and we just send it to you, or you go download it, and it has no digital rights management on it. There's no attempt to protect it. You could copy it. You could mail it to the whole world. You could post it on your site. And, you know, you'd be doing us a disservice. But we, uh, affiliated with Bain, have this sort of radical belief that most people are basically honest. Yeah. And that most people want to do the right thing. And they know that if I don't get paid, I can't keep writing books. And they aren't going to rip us off. And we've not seen any diminishing of the sales thing. In fact, I, I'm very happy to say that I have a lot of fans I get email all the time who will buy the eARC, then they'll buy the final book in hard copy. Wow. And some of them will buy it in uh, electronic copy so they can carry it on their whatever their favorite uh, digital book so, reader is. So digital uh, books, essentially, and this, this advanced uh, copy system that you guys are talking about, have, uh, have resulted in more sales. I mean, they, they're still, you're still selling the, uh, the pulpy paper versions, and uh, your real fans are going out and they're buying the advanced copy. They're buying a, an e-book, and so they're buying three copies, whereas they might have only bought one before. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Some, now, some people only buy one. 
Some people buy only the electric and they get, uh, you know, the online and they get it cheaper. Uh, some people buy only the eARC, but quite a few people buy all of them. It doesn't seem to hurt our sales because fundamentally we believe that people are not going to go out and rip us off. And do some people rip us off? Oh, almost certainly. But you know, somebody lends you a copy of the ebook and they have you haven't paid for it. Our experience with a lot of people is if they read it and like it, you know, they'll go give the money. They'll pony up, they'll sure. Sure. Yeah. And and we think that this whole attempt to constantly regulate rights management to put software locks on things, it's stupid. First of all, it's a bad race, right? It's a race in which one group of programmers is, is going against another, and, and no one really profits a whole lot in that. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it, it fundamentally says, I don't trust you. You know, photocopiers have been around a long time. You can photocopy a book. You can hand it to somebody else. Okay, this is easier than that. It's a lot easier. I grant that. But fundamentally, we think people are going to do the right thing, and so we um, just sell them unprotected. Further, once books reach a certain age, and, and it depends on the author, but it's usually several years old. We have the thing called the Bain Free Library, and we just post whole books up there completely unencrypted, hmm. completely free. And again, we trust that if people really like them, they'll probably go out and pick up the real books. Well, it, another sure thing that could, people don't. Another thing that could happen, though, is that um, in the the free library, I don't I don't know how long you've been writing, Mark, but uh, you know maybe I pick up the first in this series or uh, some other series by you, and I say, wow, I really like this book, and. I'll read that one for free, but maybe I'll pick up more by you or uh, published by Bain or whatever in the future and pay for them because I found books that I enjoyed, you know, a book that I enjoyed for free. It's all possible. For me, the money that it costs to buy the book is not the issue. The issue for me is finding authors that I enjoy reading. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it's it, it, it's such a waste of time to me to get 100 pages into a book. And it's disappointing. Uh, it's a disappointing experience to get 100 pages into a book and say, you know, I just don't want to go any farther with this. I and my life's too short to read books that I don't want to read. I, I'm just not going to. I'm not in high school anymore. I'm not plunging through something that I consider dreck. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And we do see that happen. And we just trust people. We trust that people will behave well. Some people won't, of course, but by and large, we think they will. And we don't give out our books uh, with DRM on them. Well, it sounds it, to me like it's more than yeah. just thinking they will. It sounds to me that you've got evidence that they will well, and they do. Even if it's not by and large, um, it's about marketing. If if you give away, if, not give away, if uh, the books get given to 10 people and one of them goes out and buys books uh, from Bain that wouldn't have gone out and bought them in the future, maybe that financially makes enough sense to offset or more than offset the people that wouldn't, that you know, that aren't buying that would have bought. And that doesn't, to me, it seems unlikely that uh, – I mean, it's obvious. It seems like every venue in every area that it's been tried, people make good money by giving away their software. I'm not giving away, but uh, allowing people to co- copy software um, and, and, most importantly, not using the force of the court systems in prosecuting people and so much time and so much money spent on lawyers, all that stuff, um, whether it's you know software, music, or, uh, or literature. I, I, I completely agree that – there's a marketing angle, and, and there really is, in our case, a fundamental belief that people are intelligent, people can make wise decisions, and people understand the following thing. You, let, you pick your favorite writer. If you don't make sure that writer gets some money, that writer won't be able to keep doing right. the books they're doing. And so it's a virtuous cycle. We all win by behaving reasonably. There are always those people who won't. 
But going to courts, putting stupid pieces of software controls or locks on them, encrypting, all of those things we think are just ill-conceived ideas. And frankly, my personal opinion, this isn't necessarily Bain's, is that these are artifacts of our time. There are so many attitudes that people have right now that are because we are transitioning between ages. Mm-hmm. If you look at young people, uh, if you look at the uh, folks growing up with computers, it's a different perspective, and those of us who don't understand that are just doomed like the dinosaurs to die. Yeah, well, that's well said. Likely, likely true unless that whole transhuman thing comes about. Um, oh, yeah, we're all dying anyway, but I mean, to die out in relevance, certainly. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the dinosaurs are certainly not going to uh, to be embracing transhumanism. You can guarantee that. Uh, the, the people That's that are on true. the way out are not even going to be interested in that. Mark, before yeah, I agree. We, I'm sorry. Uh, before we let you go, give me the 30-second elevator speech on overthrowing heaven and uh, tell people wh- where, when they can get it and where they can get it. Overthrowing Heaven is a new science fiction adventure novel starring uh, John Moore, a veritable Superman who can't use his powers because he'd be locked up in a lab forever, and Lobo, his only friend and an intelligent killing machine, who set out to help a young woman get away from some abusive partners and end up in an adventure trying to stop a bad scientist from doing extremely bad things to children. It should be available uh, June 9th at pretty much any bookstore. And, uh, and your other books, that and your other books are available at Amazon? They are available on Amazon and other bookstores. The first book in the series is called One Jump Ahead. The second is called Slanted Jack. So our listeners could go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, purchase through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage uh, of the purchase. So anything else you want to share with our listeners tonight, Mark? No, I, I think just uh, keep reading, please. <laughs> Very In good. In any form, electronic, paper, you name it, we like it. All right, excellent. Well, thank you for uh, spending the time with us tonight here on Free Talk Live. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 